Once your door opens, says, out of the car, I'm taking your car. You say, okay, take it. Just don't hurt me. Are you vaguely aware of like uh, photo manipulation art and shit like that? Like, sure. At least there's like memes, right? Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> I know what a, you mean. <laughs> for a while, I kept running into like, um, like I every so often I just bump into furry art and it's just what it is and it's just like okay whatever and oh boy, I ran into um, somebody like getting like wrestling commissioned furry art of themselves as oh no like, uh, i Is think the the are we talking about i i have i have literally seen uh uh commissioning porn art of himself as a tiger this is and the least that. surprising thing that i've ever heard <laughs> I want to put this in the episode, but I know you said I can't. <laughs> we, no, we'll just use you'll just use the ending part is okay. the thing because just don't don't mention me how I found it or anything. Right, but it's just like you know, it's like <laughs> inexplicably the internet is just like you know, it's like all of a sudden like why do me and Bucky have a friend in common who's out here like having jerk off sessions with a dude who imagines himself as uh, an eagle mascot from football? It's like <laughs> why do you? How do you enter this world? Well, like, we're all online together, and there's no judgment yeah. here. That's it's a no judgment zone. Um, yeah. At least it's gonna we're gonna try to be because this is gonna be maybe the most contentious uh, episode yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so no judgment towards that uh, gentle person. Um, not gonna publicly state their gender. I don't know what I don't know what that person identifies as. Uh, besides, besides cat, uh, welcome to wrestling also, is gross. My name is Bo- ledge mate. Damn it! Hey, welcome, welcome to, wrestling. to wrestling gross. My name is Vaughn. <laughs> wrestling gross. Welcome, welcome ah. to wrestling gross. My name is Bucky. My name is Siobhan. <laughs> and hey, I'm Misha. We've never gotten anybody to do the my name is after us. Well, it's not a normal thing to say like if you meet somebody you don't like you say hey i'm you don't say hello my name is because that's eminem hi because <laughs> my then, name is exactly then you're doing but, you, you should just say chicka chicka siobhan you know <laughs> oh we need some you know the, the i think the fact of the matter is that we've lacked comedy baselines in this podcast for so long i don't you know, know about classic, that. Cl- classic i think they're implied for production values, I think they're implied. You know, what, 
Well, that's true, but I just, you know, sometimes you just wonder what the 45 King is up to. Yeah. Misha, is he dead? No, he is alive. He's no longer on crack. I think he has like a like a like a video streaming series, or at least he used to have it on uh, YouTube, and he Unbu- was like Unbug TV Plus. <laughs> he's, no, he's, he's, got, he's got to deal with Viceland, you know. Just oh god, I would love somehow like worldwide, just like randomly hitting up group chats, just be like, "Hey, you know a guy like by the name of Chill Rob G." You know, I met him uh, a couple of days ago at, you know, at, uh, that's you know, really good. I was bouncing somewhere and all of a sudden this guy is like, yeah, you're, you're a freaking guy. And it's like, we have a <laughs> he listens to the show. Talk. He's going to hear that. <laughs> no, that's mean, great. We've heard, he's heard us do this voice to him in, in public, okay. in, 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 to his face at this point. I don't, I don't do, I don't do impersonations of people I know. That's, that's my, I, um... I, 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 I lack that, uh, filter, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. God. God yeah. fucking knows. Yeah. Uh, ha, 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 ha. yeah. Well, I, 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 you know, I wish I knew, uh, like some of these, some of these fellas. I wish I knew Eddie Kingston because I, I tried. I did the homicide voice uh, recently on on the show. Eddie Kingston is a voice I'd, I'd like to to work on personally um, as like oh. an impression because he's got such a. I, I have I told the story about uh, the one time I spoke to Eddie Kingston in person. No, I'm not sure. Okay, go well, ahead. Welcome to Wrestling Is Gross. This is episode sixty-eight. We're talking about AEW, which is funny. We'll we'll, we'll it's talk. It's really about, funny. It's really funny. The the time I met Eddie Kingston, of course, dates back to the Knights of Columbus Hall in LaSalle, Illinois, at an AEW show where they would run their sort of uh, B shows, and you'd get weird gems like Eddie going one-on-one unannounced versus Kevin Lee Davidson from St. Louis. <laughs> like, you know, and like uh, debuting, nobody knows who this guy is. They just, they hit each other really hard in the face. He wrestled Myron Reed, I think in a singles, like just cool shit like that. And Eddie was always there and he's always cool. Um, but he didn't really sign, you know, he wasn't like working the merch table, you know, he's not taking pictures, but he would sit in the little bar. They had a bar down there. Cause it's a nice, nice Columbus hall. So they had a bar and grill, some little, digital slot machines oh, and he'd yeah. sit down there him and uh danny daniels and uh you know some of the like you'd, you'd see mike hartenbauer of course shouts out yeah not friend of the show um hartenblower um we'd see him at him down there and and one time at the end of a show i came stumbling out of the bathroom i was i was quite drunk uh, but i was okay and I, I you know driving home 70 minutes is not that hard no matter how drunk you are um and I stumble out of the saloon doors that lead to the bathroom in the nice Columbus Hall bar. and uh, Classic setup. I run into a table, and Eddie Kingston is sitting at the table. And he shoots me a look, and he says, Hey, you all right, brother? And I was like, yeah, sorry about that. And then I walked away, and, it was, and I fucking wanted to cry. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the time I met Eddie Kingston. Hey, you all right, brother? <laughs> hey, you all right, brother? <laughs> A nice guy. Nice guy. Mostly my Eddie is limited to the no. Yeah. But I think the, the well, no. Well, if you can work Works the tears up so in your perfectly. eyes, if you can make yourself cry, then you're halfway to Eddie Kingston. Oh. <laughs> One of the, seriously, seriously, it's the best. I, 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 we'll talk about it. It's the last match we're going to talk about on this, the AEW episode of this podcast. Um, 
<laughs> the uh the Eddie Kingston walking to the ring versus CM Punk, he looks like he's been crying for an hour before that. And it makes it. It makes it for me. Um all right. Misha, this is your idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Siobhan, yeah. you hate you hate AEW. <laughs> 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 no, here's what I've decided. I know, I know. I, right. I think it's really funny when they do something that's catastrophic, but I don't want them to do catastrophic shit more than, like, quarterly. Like, okay. They get, like, four cat- catastrophes a year, but if they're doing more than that, then that's just bad because they are a counterbalancing force, you know? You know, the classic line about how it's better to live in a multipolar world, you know, regardless <laughs> the of your politics. What's that classic line from? Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, just geopolitical <laughs> bullshit about how it, we wear better. I, gonna, I was like, is this, like a, is this from Cloud Atlas? We're like, what are you talking about here? <laughs> oh. The Jupiter ascending line? Oh, God, I shouldn't. Tr- I, I haven't seen Cloud Atlas, so, so I can't I have not, do. I have also not um, seen Cloud Atlas. I can't do, uh, oh, what's his face? Oh, Forrest as, uh, as the black man. Yeah, well, you're not allowed to do that that bit, anyways. Uh, you I remember that time you did? Like. You went out a whole monologue. Misha, you might not know this. Siobhan did half the script to Ghost Dog, and I had to cut it because she wasn't because she's not allowed to do that. Um, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Listen, all right. That, I'm just. It's just. I mean, I. You I love mean, the film. That, you love Seven you, Moore is my is my CM Seven Punk. Seven Moore is your said. CM Punk. I. I. We'll talk about that. We're gonna talk. We're gonna unpack that. <laughs> we're gonna unpack that about an hour and forty five minutes from now. Um. All right. So your rule, Siobhan, was the matches all have to have blood. Um. Which I. In theory. I understand. Yeah. I. I mean. I, I, listen. I. I would. I wouldn't. The only thing I would have suggested, and we said. I said this off before we started. Um. My favorite match of the year from AEW is Eddie Kingston and uh, Brian Danielson, and it's a match with no like you know there's no nobody gigs themselves or anything. There's no like it's not that kind of match. But Kingston lays in so many chops on on Danielson's chest that he's it's some of the most visible blood I've ever seen from chops. Um, which again, uh, I want to shout out he... uh, just a sh- just right quick a shout out to Akira versus Gary J from the Pit, <laughs> where. Um, Gary J, I don't know how Akira's chest got busted open. I don't know if there was a weapon shot beforehand, but there's a there's you know Gary J's got the big heavy hands and he opens his webs up, you know, when he chops. We've all seen Gary J do matches yeah. where it's all chops, right? Um and he the blood on Akira's chest was incredible. So shouts out to I the the worst. <laughs> I I really I've re- I really wore his he re- really wore out his welcome did Akira but um good oh <laughs> Akira's a not, little bit uh, he's definitely oh. gotten insufferable but it's like you know I can't blame him for not getting the best out of Gary J because it's like yeah Gary J well, the match is, is good though a man who can only think in like New Japan chop exchanges yeah. and cat memes he hasn't figured out. <laughs> any other things to have in his personality sure yeah i guess he yeah he is from the shibata school like kind of um but like i like i mean i'm pro gary j but he's i'm he's like best as like an underdog like the best stuff he's done in icw for example is him getting his ass beat by justin kyle Kyle. yeah jk is who could who could guess there's two matches right we're off on a thing here already but there's i think there's two uh justin kyle matches versus gary j and it, yeah, it's, it's there's, almost there's almost like an arc to them. If you watch them back to back, it's like they they play off each other really well. I don't know. 
yeah, it's all very interesting. Um, we're going to get plenty of chance to talk about ICW uh, when next month it's uh, 70% of our lists for our year-end show. Oh, yeah. Uh, them's the breaks, though. That's just how it is. Danny DeManto is the greatest promoter living today. Um, let's talk about the second greatest promoter living today. Um, let's talk Tony. about let's talk about Tony, Tony. K, Tony K's little efed, which is yeah. what I've titled this episode. Um, because Tony's Tony, giving, Tony's a he's a, he's a Death Valley driver guy. We this comes up all the time, obviously, and it's everywhere. But this guy was on the same boards that we were on, and he's yeah. a billionaire, and he runs the set. He runs the number two wrestling company in the country, and you know. Number he, one. he may have managed to get um, uh, Pro Classics '83 <laughs> and Monsoon Classics shut down because, like a nerd, he talked about these things on podcasts. And is that course, right? Like, well, it's just like this is my. He theory. brought too it's much like attention. Almost, yeah, because he's like bragging about all the channels he watches and stuff like that, and it's like. That was around the time Pritchard started like showing up in WWE. So I bet Pritchard was fingering all these mm. channels for Vince to sting mm. on. Just like I, I did that all happen in us in a, in a like one. Yeah, yeah. Wow, Vince, have you, have you heard about this uh, Monsoon Classic fella? He's uh, <laughs> he's uploading a lot of WCW Saturday Night. Huh? Some, yeah. Sometimes sometimes he does. Uh, he'll do timekeeping for uh, a little promotion in Cleveland. <laughs> Isn't it the same guy? <laughs> It's the same guy, right? It, like is. AW guy? it is the same guy, yeah. So yeah. I, I guarantee you, like, First channel. Loose Lips Tony accidentally killed half of uh, loose wrestling lips YouTube Tony. All so... Loose Lips Tony over here. <laughs> loose Lips Tony. I mean, hey, we've been, we, we've been rooting lips. for those Loose Lips to get on a dear friend of the show, Sally, for mm. quite some time now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, God, Loose Lips Tony. Uh I'm I'm still on uh, KG Muto's cage match over here for some reason. I'm going to switch to my <laughs> actual notes for the show. Um, the idea... All right, so Misha and I talked about this briefly uh, yesterday, Siobhan. But the idea that um, yeah. we, you and I, are, you know, were posters, also longtime lurkers when we were younger, I think. Because I didn't post. Yeah. I never posted on the green board. I had an account, and I may have, like, replied a few times. Uh, but the reset in 2005 for the Death Valley Driver. I posted on the green board, but I never posted anything good. Yeah, I mean, you're like, you're like 10 or whatever, you know. Like I, you know, I, I was, yeah. I was a 12 to fucking 14 or whatever. Um, when they switched to the, I guess the kind of the still the current iteration. I'm sure it's changed somewhat, but the, 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 you know, the white and blue, you know, this what what a message board looked like the in PHP, the mid 2000s. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, so once we got there. There was a full reset. Everybody had to make new accounts, right? Do you remember this? I don't know. Tony K, if you're listening, I'm sure you remember when you had to make a new account on the new board, right? And you had to pick a new username. Um, so we all did that. And I posted for a while there. And then I stopped watching wrestling. And then I came back. And I was just thinking um, about all the times I spent on Death Valley Driver message boards. And uh, so this is going to be – this might be crazy. Um, my wife and I – since my work schedule, since our work schedules have led us to only having like bits and pieces of time, we've got like maybe an hour at night after the kids are in bed before she has to go to sleep and stuff. Um, so we've we started watching Justified, 
naturally, uh, which she's never yeah, seen. I've never, yeah. I've never finished. I've gotten almost to the to the end, but we've never. And then we started watching The OC, which is one of my shows, one of my personal shows. And I was we're, <laughs> we're watching it, and I'm thinking back, and I remember the reason I got into The OC, as crazy as this is, <laughs> was the movie slash TV board on the old green board on Death Valley Driver. Reading people, reading wrestling fans talk about the OC like like it was great wrestling storylines, and I was like, all right, and that's when I fucking started watching the OC in the middle of season one, was because of the Death Valley Driver video review message board. <laughs> and, I, I mean, we've talked about that. Isn't that weird? Before, but it is the most. It is, but I mean, that is like crucial for my taste. I mean, we talked about that with Eric, like uh, about mm-hmm. like shit and shit, and like how like. Some of these oh, bizarre sure. <laughs> movies I'd never fucking. I mean, I never when I did my Nolte impersonation, year old or whatever the shit, a twelve-year-old, thirteen-year-old, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah all right. I'm it was on a good. Sh- that was a great board. Shit, huh? Huh? It was a great board. So here's the thing, right? We were on there. Tony K was on there. He's a little older than us. Had a, had a little more money, maybe a little bit more. <laughs> there's yeah. There's some level. Daddy Shahid, of... do you know? <laughs> yes. There's some level of um, resentment, envy, jealousy uh, that exists, I think, in both of us for not yes. – why Why him and not me? Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, I say that about Gabe and – Yeah, but that's – but fuck Gabe. Fuck, no, fuck, fuck Gabe. Various racial slurs by Paul Heyman, as I often say. Yeah, But right. I don't think I would be. I think Gabe just draws that. That no. people just love calling him racial slurs. I'm sure Kerry Silken did too. I know, and you uh, love, and you love, and you love to, you love, you you love to think about how much how you would have done Flow Slam right. And I know that about oh. you. <laughs> I know how you fantasy book the evolve years and Flow Slam, and think you could have brought that company to the highest of highs. What I'm saying is that Gabe is not one of our contemporaries. Gabe is a guy from God, the fucking no. '90s and shit. Tony K is kind of like a peer of ours on some level yeah. in the sense that we were all on the same message board posting about which wrestler liked having a woman take a shit on his face. <laughs> yeah. We all did that. That's the thing that you, me and Tony Khan all have in common. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. And, That's all I'm saying. And, what, <laughs> He's like and us. one of the three of us has to deal with getting the young bucks to stop speculating about, like mixed race wrestlers uh being like secretly asian or whatever it's just part of the and job and you and i are just fucking sh- or just fucking have our thumb up thumbs well, up we, our we, ass. we spitball Willingly or not we spitball a little race theory on this show make sure you've heard <laughs> from time to time though i don't i so <laughs> certainly i mean i i have we're just spitball about them spending hours just being confused about what ricky starks is yeah you say what uh, the heck i don't know let's we'll just leave it to you know well you know 23 and me but yeah. <laughs> that's a good storyline actually 23 and me for ricky starks um yeah he's like us that's the that's the deal that's kind of the thing um and that's what makes aew for me the most interesting and most simultaneously frustrating um, is that we share a lot of the same tastes, uh, but then we the, the paths diverge at some point where he's got Jay Lethal uh, coming out as a big deal to challenge for a title in a main event on TV. 
And Bobby um, Fish is all over the damn thing. And Bobby right now. and Bobby shits here. Um, and you know what? He did look good in a couple of those matches. I I will give it to Bobby. Um, but but it's, Bobby it, AEW Dark uh, Elevation Specialist Fish. That'd be fine, really. Yeah, be. Tony Nese looked but, good. Tony Nese fought Logan Larue yesterday on Elevation, and you know what? It was a solid two and a half minutes. I give I I give I, it up. I'm ha- I'm happy if that's all two and a half minutes. Then yeah. You well, know? you like Tony Nese more than. Bobby uh, more Fish, than right? more yeah, than a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're yeah. You were a premier like athlete, you know, super fan. I, I mean, yeah. As I've said, <laughs> he reminds me of uh, Angel, uh, Angel De Oro and uh, Niebla Roja, two re- other wrestlers I seem to like more than anybody else. So sure. And then you ha- and then you also had hashtag Premier Athlete Club in your in your pro in your profile. Um, Listen, for, for a while, it was years ago. Cal <laughs> Val and Caleb Conley. I don't think that's in dispute. I think you had, yeah, it's it's said in your profile, followed by at SoCalVal, comma, at Caleb Connolly, North Carolina, or whatever the hell is. Shouts out to Caleb Connolly, a guy I haven't thought of in three years. NWA Power represent. We'll oh. get to that, though. We'll get right, to that. Yeah, that's next year's Thanksgiving no, show. No. Oh, ha- also, oh. Ha- happy Thanksgiving. This is the Thanksgiving show, right? Yeah. I'm going to get this out tomorrow. That's the plan. Um, all right. All right, it's eleven thirty, twelve thirty, local time for you for you two, and I uh, I think we can get into this. Um, we're doing these chronological. Yeah. All right, we got five matches. Um, I I think we're going to be able to to breeze through these. It's going to be no problem. There's going to be zero tangents. Um, huh. is it just Cody, or is it Cody Rhodes? This is before guess... he got the Rhodes name back it yeah it this was would so just in be, legal limbo <laughs> that's this fun. would just be cody despite the fact that he could have just changed his name to cody Rhodes or something isn't that I don't what know, he like did why back did but you know okay it's cody versus wardlow, wardlow. which is i believe wardlow's first name is wardlow <laughs> He's actually Michael Ward. I had, it had, I figured it had to be his last name, but wouldn't it be funny if his name was Wardlow Rhodes? Uh, this is from February. Wardlow Hutchinson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a that's like a an old Bill Cosby character. Um, <laughs> February nineteenth, twenty twenty, from Dynamite, which is what I call it. Um, yeah. So how did he get the name? How did he get to be Rhodes? Not Wardlow. I don't care about him. How did he get? How did he like? Does, does anybody know? Apparently, think... like, the name Cody Rhodes was trademarked by mm-hmm. WWE. I believe and that. so they had it under lock and key. Because Cody never thought he'd leave, basically. Because he figured he'd had a job for life. Right. And well, that's part of the narrative got the here, idea right? that's like, it's part of the maybe AEW I don't narrative. want the job for life. Right. Well, I mean, you know, and what, when did, when did, did Dusty die? Bef- Dusty died before Cody leaves, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Like at least about... a year and a half before. Okay. It's like a year and change. He leaves in June 2016, I think, okay. and Dusty died in May 2015. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, you. Got, I, I don't want to dig into why AEW exists. Um, I think Cody is the. I think Cody is the most instrumental figure, obviously, in this. I mean, there's no. You know, he 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 finds tony khan somehow i don't know maybe cody was a fucking death valley driver kid too who fucking knows like he he he's the the true 
conductor of this fucking orchestra, right? Like as as weird yeah. as that is, and as 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 little as I trust Cody, and maybe that's maybe the good half of everything that happens in AEW is Tony, and the bad half is all Cody, um, Coyote. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I'd, put, I'd put Wardlow in Wendell, a slideshow. Um, uh, Wendell Wardlow. Wendell Wardlow. Yeah. Um, I I guess I I forget constantly that this is Cody's promotion more than anything, and then that, that, that the entire reason that this exists is because Cody wants to destroy Triple H, and also has just 30 years of resentment towards Vince for the way he treated Dusty and the way he treated pro wrestling in general. Like that's the entire narrative arc of, of AEW becoming this place where CM Punk comes back and says, um, I actually haven't been in a pro wrestling match in, since 2005 is what he'll say. Or, you know, he said that in a promo. Yeah. Um, we've so this got is actually, I don't mean to interrupt, but no, there's a no, funny go. thing I'm actually starting to like work myself into. Have you ever noticed how much Cody actually looks more like Vince than he does Dusty? <laughs> no, <laughs> I haven't. But now I will Think never. It, I like will never not. I will never not see I, it. Oh yeah, obviously. <laughs> so I've been like I've been wondering, what if this whole time. The real Cody Runnels is like just some dude in Texas, and Cody Rhodes is secretly like one of Vince's bastard sons. Oh, I love this. Have. Oh, I love this. And like, what <laughs> from a this is Puerto all... Rican mother, right? Isn't isn't Cody's mother Puerto Rican? Uh, uh, Cuban. Mexican, I believe. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, well, we're all wrong. Um, turns out <laughs> she's from Iowa. Um, <laughs> no, but, uh, the, but, the yeah, no. My what the year is, Co- is Cody like... born? Cody is. When is Cody born? 85. 85. Well, I guess... Okay. I'm trying to see if it lined up. Like Hulkamania running wild, Vince accidentally banging the wrong cocktail waitress. And then it's like, he knows he can't bring that kid back home because, Mm -hmm. you know, like... Linda's not going to allow it to exist, and then, like, you know, the kids are going to grow Linda, up. Linda, you know, here's the thing about Linda. Um, a, a Sort of like a Game of Thrones, like, the Baratheon bastard execution scenes. Right. <laughs> the the amount of McMahon bastards that have uh, been thrown into a dumpster, I gotta tell you. Astronomical numbers. <laughs> but, but so, like, my theory is, like, <laughs> Vince would give this kid away, obviously, to somebody he could trust, and Arguably one of the most sane people in the wrestling business in the 80s is somehow Dusty. And, you know, Vince would know it's like, yeah. raise him right, you know. And, yeah. you know, Dusty, <laughs> at the new advance, I will do everything I can. <laughs> and it's like, you get to this point where it's like. You know, guests Dusty don't has... usually do Dusty impressions. You're the first guest to actually do, I think, a that's good. I'll probably end up running impressions into the ground. Uh, no, the no, there, there is but, no ground. We're floating on air beautiful but you know like then one day as uh as dusty's nearing the end of his days like you know it's revealed to cody it's like no you're you know you are uh the the son of Darth vader you're not this is what roads to the top my boy i (laughs) regret to inform you of something that is a double-edged sword if you eat (laughs) i am not your the man who sighed you I am the man who raised you, yes, but I am not the man who put that bone in your mama's oven. Oh, that's – you're playing off the 94 promo. Oh, that's good. Right? Is that what you're doing? The 
Yeah, I get that reference. Baby, it goes a lot of places. Uh, but no, it's just It is like, pertinent for you to find like, out yeah, before I like am the Vince's, thief. You're Vince's kid. Uh, he, but, he just – he had to like – he like said, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. And Dusty, that's, uh, and gotta, that's uh, what happened. I got to give me a big salt here. Take a kid to <laughs> North Carolina. Keep, keep him away from the Crockett's though. They're fucking stupid. Oh, man. I, I know that too, really. <laughs> But so, I, so I buy this. I'm into this. Especially David. I yeah, no, got it gets, it gets, it oh, gets, my it, man, I cannot deal with David myself. <laughs> Nobody it is yes-anding you, Siobhan. Oh, I don't give a fuck. This is just – this is – I just want to reveal the, the, the real linchpin of the theory, which uh-huh. is what if AEW secretly this whole time is the real NXT? What if Vince mm. recognizes that Triple H has become such dead weight and has is going to constantly keep killing WWE no matter how hard he tries because Triple H has to get over on everything uh-huh. and make it his own fiefdom because he can't he can't think like a wrestling promoter. I think Vince is sure. like, you know, like he's like Vito Corleone, right? Uh-huh. He wants to have his empire, but then he wants all of his kids to leave the empire. He wants them to have normal – like Shane has all his weird corporate jobs in China. I never wanted this like, for you. Exactly. But meanwhile, he has this idiot son-in-law who is just like such a mark that he's just like really thinking about uh, <laughs> the WrestleMania match with uh, Danielson, uh, Java in the Mountain 4, you know, but – then he'll get it back at SummerSlam, you know, long storytelling thing. And Vince just realizing, like, he's, his his legacy, his whole lineage is stuck. So he has to destroy the thing he created because otherwise they're going to be stuck in this carny life that he wants to transcend. And the only way to do that is to use basically Michael Codeone in order to fucking go and start a whole new promotion to wipe away WWE so that when Vince dies, the slate is completely clean. And Steph sure. and, you know, Shane can live normal lives. Right. Cody gets the, the Matrix resets. The architect still. Yeah. And yeah. And, and, and you know, Triple H, is, Triple H is left, you know, in witness protection to live life like a show. <laughs> yeah. I know I mean, I'm noodle, now noodles and ketchup. Here, but... Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, to quote Vince from uh, himself from one of his great reveals, I even fooled my immediate family. <laughs> that is the thing is he has always been in search of the perfect son, um, whether it be his own son or his daughter or Triple H. You know, may- yeah, maybe. I, lo- I love this theory. I love I – lo- and I, I, if we could, like, put some sort of sci- science fiction, like, Invasion of the Body Snatchers part in here, too, where there is another Cody, but he doesn't – yeah – we could flesh this out into a full script, or at least like a uh, you know a pilot. Um, let's uh, you know look. They're fucking. They Rizzoli and Isles isn't on anymore, so they need programming on TNT. All right, Road to the Top yeah. is going nowhere. Listen, if we just float this on a message board, this will at least get as much mileage as the theory that uh, Randy <laughs> Savage fucked Stephanie. So I think oh, if God. you just build That's it the a right good way. Throwing QAnon a little bit just to spice mm-hmm. things up. Oh, I always you get, do. You get the mileage. You yeah. get the mileage. Yeah. Well, I know how to get the. Yeah, I know how to get the hits. Um, all right, let's do it. Cody versus Wardlow. Uh, the build for this is that was great, by the way. Uh, Misha, you should just be on the show every week. I don't know why we. Are, this, is like <laughs> third, I don't, this is just. This is so easy. Um, the build for this is the Cody and MJF feud. Of course, Wardlow, Michael Wardlow, uh, Michael Wardleone, um, is the um, the bodyguard, I guess. 
for MJF, he's the heavy, which makes sense. It's, yeah. you know, classic uh, rich guy, uh, piece of shit heel, um, has a tough guy that does his, fights his battles for him. Um, just like Big Bubba did for Jim Cornette, you know, it's a one-to-one. Yeah. Uh, there's some weird thing that happened where Cody, like, lost a match and then he had to be whipped ten times on TV. Um uh, uh, ten lashes, I guess, you know. Yeah, and uh, so he had to agree to these uh, stipulations if he wanted to get uh, his pay-per-view match with MJF. Right. And this is uh, also, this is kind of part of the Jericho thing later on, where MJF has all these, uh, like, intricate rule books that... Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it's so weird that there's two different, uh, like... Yeah, trials. Two matches that are, like like, these weird, like fucking mjf like, orchestrated prove like, yourself to me yeah. and it's like why doesn't he I, I i don't i don't completely get it but it works it's this weird thing where uh tony feels the need to make mjf like almost an attraction occasion he doesn't wrestle on dark like almost ever maybe he's maybe he's busted who knows who fucking knows um the match with darby was really good i don't I'm, you neither of you watched that on full gear right i mean uh, i not I, it's MJF good. Can work. He it's, can work. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Of course. He's probably a better in-ring performer than he is a talker. Honestly. Now, sure. does that mean that they should sign the most marketable man in wrestling, Richard Holiday? It absolutely does. Oh yeah, that's but... your guy, right? You love Richard Holiday. Uh, <laughs> Dynasty baby. Um, all right. I've so I've never seen. I, I want to say the 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 ten lashes. This is, and and also Cody's entrance here, where he's the most sincere babyface like ace of the company um it's really weird when you compare it to and i know neither of you have watched this but the like compare that basic babyface wrestling character archetype um which he's i guess playing pretty well here i think he does a good i think i think cody's actively good in this match um yes i i i I think it's really interesting to lay that against this weird thing that's happening now with Cody where the crowd has begun to turn on him and he's in this really long extended feud with Malachi Black and Andrade now um, where Arn is trying to he's Arn's telling him that you used to pull a gun on a person if they got in your face like that and like you know he's like there's these training videos where Cody's like getting put through the ringer at the nightmare factory or whatever you know like Arn's like making him take back bumps over and over it's really strange right Lee Johnson just kicking him in the nuts yeah I don't know if that's on camera or not I hope but you know you imagine it's there yeah you like there's just clips of him taking fucking spine busters from Brock Anderson like um and it's just like, this is to toughen you up, Cody, so you can actually take on Malachi. That's my, I don't have an Arn. Um, but that's kind of like the the deal. And then now we're in this thing where since the crowd is turning on Cody so much, he's, this, the tag match from Full Gear, where it's him and um, Pack, the bastard Pack, um, yeah. against Andrade and Malachi Black. Uh, Malachi Black, by the way, my daughter's favorite wrestler, loves his entrance, loves his crazy screaming music, and loves the spin kicks. Uh, kids like AEW. Just, it's just Malachi Black, and they, it's my goth six-year-old daughter. Um, oh, that's why they got a sign cross. Yeah. <laughs> she loves The Undertaker and Malachi Black, and she asked me, are they friends? Uh, true story. Um, the The character that Cody plays in that match is like... It's like a guy who's about to turn heel. It's like Rick Martel and Tito Santana, where Rick Martel is like 
kind of beat up, but he's purposely missing the tags. And then when Tito loses the match afterwards, Rick Martel's going to beat him up and turn heel. And it feels like that, except it's all, like, really meta and, like, playing on, like, layers of different crowd reactions and fucking around. So Cody's, like, Cody will come in and do, like, a babyface run in this tag match knowing that nobody wants to see it. And he's going to get booed and he's just going to milk it and act like a babyface while he gets booed. And it's some of the weirdest shit I've ever seen. It's all very Cena-esque, you know, Cena, Cena in a Chicago or whatever. Um, but it's Cody and he's not, he's not John Cena. <laughs> He's not the. He's, he's not no John even Cena. Trying to be, he's not even trying to be the ace of his company. He's mostly kept himself in the mid card. That's and that's another fascinating thing about that. And I do like. I do. I'm. I admire that. Um, but it's weird. The the Cody arc. I don't know where he's going. I don't know where he ends up. Um, I'm on the record saying I like his Doctor Doom shit. Uh, Ten years ago, or whatever. <laughs> Five billion years well, ago. I mean, he'll just re- he'll just go with uh, being in the Too Fast Too Fuego team the whole time. I guess. Yeah, and which is good. Say. Which I've watched those matches and I enjoy that bit. So keep do it a little more. And yeah, um, so and I've never seen Wardlow. Wardlow, uh, where's he from? He's um he's... he's actually a Western Pennsylvania Ohio guy Hell for yeah. like he's apparently only been wrestling like seven years or so, and for the most part. He mostly wrestled out of uh, IWC over in uh, sure, like Pittsburgh. Super yeah, Hentai. Shout out. Yeah, <laughs> and then eventually, and then one year he he suddenly made like one AIW booking and a bunch of stuff, and then literally the next year he pretty much gets signed instantly to uh, AEW. Probably, I imagine MJF might have spotted him at uh, sure. one of the AIW shows that makes and was sense. just like, ooh. This is a guy. Well, he became on almost like, as a, as a uh, a weekly listener to the AIW card is subject to change pod or the card is going to change part podcast, um, for years and then I stopped because the show's bad now. Um, yeah, but I I remember it's real Wardlow. depressing. It's real depressing. Yeah, it is. Uh, Wardlow, you know, Worldwide was the fucking glue of that show. Let's be honest, people. Uh, Wardlow kind of became like a meme on that show. Like, he would, like, get brought up all the time, it seemed like. Like, he had, like, one booking, and he just sort of, like, he became, like, oh, we're getting, we'll book him against Wardlow, you know, that's what John would say. Um, and it's just, he kind of, he kind of came out of nowhere. It really is interesting. It's because he's, he's a huge dude for the indies. It's like... Yeah, but he's not uh, that tall. Like, he's, like, shorter than Cody. He's He's shorter than Cody, but also it's, like... He's burly, he's jacked, he's got like a, you know, he feels like the indie version of a Haas in the sense yeah, of yeah. like, oh, like, no, a, I like a Jeff Cobb or something like that. Yeah, I, oh, well, Jeff Cobb. WCW power plant guy. That too, so I know that's your that's your type. Um, oh, yeah. Jeff Cobb. I is, love a kind of chaos. Jeff Cobb's on this show. Yeah, um, he had he the wrestled... one appearance as like a mercenary for Jericho. And it's really weird, and also that's another – that's basically the same thing as this where they – like, it's weird how often they have the heel, like, send a, a, a heavy – I mean, I guess that's an old wrestling storyline, but it seems like it happens a lot in AEW. But I'm, I'm you know, I'm for it as long as it's, like, Nick Gage or whatever. Um, and this is – you know, this the, the deal here is he – sorry for the noise. I got kids up there. Um, the um, The entire deal is that Cody has to beat Wardlow to get MJF. 
at the pay-per-view. So, you know, I'm, I, I like this kind of TV build. Um, and I'm sure this match is better than whatever they did at revolution or whatever. Um, yeah, I guess, let's see. Cody at the beginning of this, he does a Ralph Macchio high kick to the face. Um, it looks really funny. Um, and then basically gets no offense for, for a few minutes and bleeds off of the first throw into the cage. Um, yeah, which is a little rush. Excessive, yeah, but, uh, I'm with it. Just I was going to ask you about the idea that. of oh yeah. Well, it's just a, a, just a TV match. You know, they're probably going to go to a commercial in the middle of it or something. Like you know, get it out there quick. I think I like it in this case. Yeah. I also, it's the classic thing of AEW loving uh, like a bold gesture to show. Yeah, it's different here. It's different here. Right. Well, There's so, a reason they ran the Dustin match show the way they did on that first uh, actual AEW show. Like, right. No, no, this is different. Yeah, and that's obviously that matches a, a wonderful, beautiful masterpiece. Um, I I think Wardlow here does look really impressive in the early going. He hit, like power bombs Cody into the cage. Cody bounces off and like lands knees first in the apron, which looks like looks really sick. Um. But Wardlow, I want to shout out his side shave. You know the the the. Long, <laughs> I don't like it. I don't. I, I, you know he appears to have great hair. I feel like it's grown out recently on the sides. Some like he's got a yeah. more full head of hair now, so he doesn't look like a high school senior in uh, like two thousand four um, anymore. Or maybe that's come yeah. back. I guess it has come back. I see it a lot now. Um, but he looks very goofy with that hair um that kind of works though for mjf because it's like you've got this guy who's basically like a high school bully version of steve carino you know what i mean where it's like he's just everything about mjf is kind of overwrought and corny right but it works if you imagine mjf as the overwrought corny guy and so like of course even his bodyguard is also going to be like a fucking, like a putz. So it's like, in that regard, it works perfectly. But in general aesthetics, no, yeah, he does look uh, really goofy. Yeah, okay, well, I I like that. All right, that, 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 I, I I take what I say back, because I like that, that read of it, actually. Um, All right, we get, there's a Cody, there's a Cody uh, ode to the old days spot, um, and I, I'm curious about your thoughts on this, Siobhan, because I know you are a big fan of, uh, for instance, Arn Anderson's head between the rings in a War Games match and somebody lifts yeah. his legs up. Um, how do you like the Cody hanging upside down between the – and the cage weirdly goes to the floor here, which is how they do their cages in AEW apparently. Um, which I like. Uh, it's a, it's fine. It, yeah, it's whatever. Yeah, it probably gives it more give and also – it it just looks different. You can it, it's actually probably a safer mechanism. I'll never. I think it was uh, one of uh, Roman Reigns or Seth Rollins nearly getting impaled by the fucking cage setup mm. uh, in like 2014 because the way it spikes into the ground and onto, onto like the uh, ring apron. Okay, like, I don't yeah, remember don't that. Don't do that. Don't okay. do that. Just just drop the thing to the floor at that point. Uh, and that's cool. And it gives you another chance to have that spot of, like, MJF taunting, the ma- taunting him. And, uh, right. And then you get – I mean, you get a little bit of MJF doing um, his, for lack of a better way of putting it, 
bless my uh, bless my roommate on this podcast right now and her um, p- paternal lineage. Uh, MGF doing a little bit of scheming Jew, uh, like like facing off a fall and being like, yes. Damn it. <laughs> yes, that is the character. That is literally the character, right? It's um, he, he's. He doesn't like so. That's the thing. Do you remember the MJF Colt Cabana uh, AIW? Oh god, uh, I yeah. hated that. I hated that. Oh, I fucking hate that too. Yeah, it's yeah. just like we got two of them. We got two of them. It was oh, that man, was brutal. Oh, man. Like, that was dude. brutal. I like I that mean, they they don't play it up too much. I think it'd I, be good if the I think it'd be good if there were just more more Jews in wrestling. How about that? It's probably. Oh, it probably. I mean, the problem is Colt. Really loves to tokenize himself, so I guarantee That's Colt was fair. like running up to him, like, "Dude, dude, dude, you know what we got to do? You know what we got to do?" And MJF is just like thinking, "Yeah, okay, yeah, sure, bro, like, hell yeah, Colt Cabana." Yeah, That's so like hanging out with comedians too much. Did that to Colt, you know? Mm. That's like hanging out at the UCB Chelsea too much. Like, fucked Colt's brain up. Um, yeah, um, Cody does that little upside down spot and it's like a funk or buddy rose or like a like a nick bockwinkle sort of uh thing and i i you know i just say you got to respect that yeah um i i, I like that i like that bit I, I thought it looked very cool yeah um his offense isn't entirely laughable in this match um but it definitely works better in the middle portion when when wardlow does his own like lazy displays of power the f10 is great um which is an f5 where you never leave your feet um yeah and then cody's got the bleach blonde hair so the blood looks good obviously but it 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 doesn't it doesn't you know it's not like a flare thing he doesn't have quite that maybe there's too much gel in the hair he just doesn't have the length either is it not the length he can't he he can't do hair selling with it you know yeah right right the punk 2005 kind of yeah um or the buddy rose uh back in that the buddy landell yeah, sure. Yeah, that just, like, uh, that just so many wrestlers. The yeah, the the fl- the floppy bleach blonde hair covered in blood. Um, uh, Tommy Rich. Uh, th- so we get uh, Cody gets a nice comeback at some point here and uh, has some hard running clotheslines that each like take Wardlow progressively off balance uh he has a nice like evasion and then power slam like cody cody is pretty effective with the classical babyface stuff here um like i bought it and then i also bought it like seconds later wardlow cuts him off and gorilla presses him into the cage um so i don't know i feel like cody is hitting the beats of like a what a babyface does in a cage match um where he's the underdog which is Maybe not yeah. the most typical. Usually, the cage match is the heel is the underdog, but you know, I, I can't think of a good one to one analogy of this actually. But I think I think he's well. I think I mean it's putting over Wardlow as being like a tough dude that he. It's like they they put over. It's like I I haven't I can't scout for him. I've never seen him. This is also to get Ward, This is also probably Wardlow's first really big showcase, and maybe the last one so far. I mean, I, don't, I really don't think he's had. A uh, lot of, well. No- there was the um uh the fake MMA match between him and uh um Jake Hager, which uh, Swaggy, that, yeah, yeah. Oh, I missed that, that one. That didn't go well. I must that have missed didn't it. Go well, apparently. It's in my watch I mean, list. You know, he's been in the big inner circle pinnacle matches, so it's not like he's sure. been. He's got like, his. He hasn't had, I can't but... think of a singles he's had, and yeah. it's like, well, then put him against Sammy Guevara. Why not? 
Yeah. What, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, of course, there's there's plenty to do with him going forward, too. So, I, I you know, he has been not on TV as much as I would expect, considering MJF. Like, he, I don't, was he even at ringside for the Derby match? I can't even remember. Um, but he's cool, and I like him. And he hits the Shantan bomb. Oh, yeah. Um, I totally. <laughs> I was already calling him a power plant guy, and then he did the fucking. You, he, he did swan- the Shantan. He did the Shantan, and I was like, yes. Yeah, I knew you'd, I knew you'd be with me on that. Uh, Misha, you a Sean O'Hare fan? Yeah, I am, actually. Okay, good, good, good. Um, wasn't sure if... We've if... been, we've been refer- riffing on um, the fucking... Uh, but I'm I... only telling you what you already knew stuff uh sure. recently and, it, and he looks so it's a shame about that guy he was he, he was he, he was looked, a hell of an in-ring presence and he's he so could... fucking hot and tall and like scary but also like had a good smile uh sean o'hare truly one shame of the he friends. literally just could not talk in front of a camera he yeah. like he just had he just had anxiety disorder was he the also... supposed to be the fourth member of evolution or was that jindrak that was jindrak all right that's that was the yeah, this was the devil's advocate thing. Right, but right. But they right. would, but it, he, they would apparently need like five, six takes every single time. Oh, for poor everything. Bastard. Poor bastard. They just, he just couldn't talk in front of the camera. Yeah. So, also, um, that's why they if, gave uh, him uh, the the gut and kilt Roddy in two thousand three. Right. But I like the I I'm on record as enjoying the Mister America crap because it was just so silly. As a, and as it's as an eleven year old, it's fun. It's Haven't fun. seen it since. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, sorry, Misha. No, there. Uh, there's also I can't remember who it was. It was ironically on Art of Wrestling. Somebody mentioned that they were roommates with O'Hare and that he was actually, uh, he was a canyon for lack of a better way to put it. And okay. he was just really struggling with um, how to uh, live like that and hide that underneath the wwe system so i sure. think that may have also kind of hastened his uh demise in the company a little bit yeah yeah i've i feel i feel like i've heard that as well um uh, great guy we'll we'll talk about him one day more than we have just now um that's your born thrillers episode it's coming soon it's coming soon yeah that's your birthday episode this year um <laughs> that's such a good bit that we could just go to over and over uh they do some business with the the dynamite diamond ring, which I got to say is a piece of AEW lore that I'm not familiar with. Oh, um, uh, they just have like a battle royal. I forget sure. the fuck. I think it was like Jungle Boy, and M- that might be, might have been something Jungle Boy MJF shit the year after. Orange had a thing with it. It just it's just a silly thing. It's, I like the ring. I, I was always a fan of the the battle bowl. Uh, DDP getting the ring. Yeah, yeah what well, had a name? I feel like. Um, I think they called it the Lord of the Ring. Yeah, they called it the Lord of the Ring. That's even better than anything I could have thought of. (laughs) Um, All right, so there's some uh, bullshit on the floor with Arn and Brandy and MJF. And there's also a bit somewhere along the way here where MJF tries to get Arn to, like, turn on Cody like he did his father, I guess. Which I don't remember that specific angle unless it's the arm break. Well, it's really he's uh the the famous one is only slamming the door on on, uh, on the arm, right? Uh, no, uh, uh, slamming the door on Dusty. And... No, on on Dusty's arm though, and they do yeah. like, an arm break angle. Yeah, it, it's him turning right? on Dusty, okay. and it's like just 86? but it is like 
like Arn and Dusty, whenever allies like that are turned on Dustin, but that's a different thing entirely. But like, sure. it, it's just like, well, I like it though. I don't know. I like, but I liked it in this, in the context of this. Yeah. Uh, and I liked, I liked the brandy interference and MJF being like, like, like selling the chair shot. Like, what? are you fucking kidding me right now? Yeah. When he's climbing the cage, all that stuff is very, I thought Brandy was very, good in very, this very well done. Oh yeah. yeah. No, I, I don't totally. have an opinion on Brandy really, but I thought she was good in this. Well, I guess I do. I think she's really like, uh, cringe, I guess is the right word, <laughs> uh, for the most part, but I thought she was good here. Um, but I haven't. She really... seems like a doofus, but um, I just a, see her pose. A, a real, a real likable doofus. Okay. If you, if you like, as long as she's managed, we that, know people like that. She's like pose. a theater kid, I think. So sure. it's like that's probably part of it. Well, that's what this is, right? That's the fucking. I mean, imagine not being. Yeah, imagine being uh, a theater kid, not being a theater kid, but marrying Cody. <laughs> I think I you mean, gotta be. You know, uh, salt and vinegar. You know, or. No, I don't know if that. <laughs> um, let's see. Wardlow takes the crossroads well enough that it almost looks like it hurts. Looks like a real move. Almost <laughs> looks like a real move. It, 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 dude, it seriously just occurred to me like last week that it's supposed to be a roll of the dice. Yeah. Oh yeah. Shout it's out, roll the dice. Shout the fucking Reno. Natural Thriller's uh, endless uh, references to today. Right. But, uh, and I'm like, wow. Did he coin that move or was it Daniels? Oh, Which no, I know but... Daniels is different, and it might spin it, the other it, way. It was... It was his, it was his it was his. Okay. I just remember like also like, the hero the hero's some, welcome of course. I, yeah, or someone just like Todd Sexton from fucking Wildside TNT and the and, yeah Wildside TNT the Texas Death Club. I remember he had a great one. Everybody seemed to have one back then. Yeah, and but like Jason Cross could meme. take that move so well. Like yeah, those guys but, know but how to that take was, that. that was like a meme move. Like yeah. everybody having a rocker dropper. Yeah, but the rocker dropper's cool. The uh. The uh, roll of the dice is cool. It's just this version is very cool. Yeah. Well, also the rocker dropper. Anybody can do a rocker dropper, and it always looks cool. Like the fattest or skinniest person can do a rocker dropper, and it rocks. Yeah, and you know, there's uh, Seth Delay, Kid Cool. You could throw in like some fun that him and uh, Sal Renaro always had some fun variations of that. Fucking you. Let's not get me started on we'll wild the, side. We'll do the, the wild side rocker dropper roll the dice uh, signature but, episode. Like, that's just classic shit. And you're just like, oh, man, that's what Cody's doing. I've been watching this guy for how long now? And I just realized that's what he's trying to do. That's not very good. Yeah. Well, I, it's it's a strange move. Um, any spinning cutter thing, anything into it. I don't know. I I don't. I, I don't enjoy the lethal injection or the the Osprey one or there's no, just do the move. Um, Aw, Sister Abigail. Just Sister Abigail, right. I was. Well, that's oh. a spinning flatliner. That's a flatliner. First of all, that is a flatliner. But also, yeah. per, depending on the person taking it, I, I also think that's got a good setup and he can kiss the forehead. I'm pro Sister Abigail. Um, I you can do worse than that, but I just I think it's just effective to just run at someone and go for it then do the set then like twist it into a setup where it you you can't you can't it, i just don't like moves really i i i want pe- uh, wrestlers to resist moves where it relies on the person taking the bump to make it look good that's oh why yeah being, be, people that's why being a lariat hoe is the is is tiresome because it relies on the guy taking the move well i i i disagree um if you do an, well, a good enough lariat, it doesn't matter if, if, even if they fall over. You can just a fucking good lariat, but if you're Okada, 
Yeah. Or well, you're okay. You're talking. We're talking. You're talking. You're not. That's not a lariat. That's a different move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but anyone who's a hoe for that stuff. Okay. Shingo. You were. It just. You just can't do it. David Starr. We had. A, let's not get started on the David Starr. Let's Akira not. Francesco let's thing. really not. Let's really talking. not. No. No. That. This. This fucking fool and I have been have been arguing for like this morning about something. Okay, well, uh-huh. I wasn't there, and I want no fucking part of it. No, um, no, no. Neither sure. do I. The, uh, the, We're disavowing it. The Be gone. Roll the dice gets two, um, which, you know, I, I would have kicked it one, personally. but um, <laughs> So Cody goes up and does uh, he pays homage to Perk Angle, American Hero, uh, with a, an insane no-look moonsault off the cage. Um uh, maybe he looked at a video screen off in the corner somewhere and saw where Wardlow was standing, but I don't think he looked at anything. <laughs> he just got up there and oh, did a yeah. backflip. It, it looked great, and he—I mean, I know he'd been doing that, but it's like they, as they put over, not an escape match. The pinfall or submission only, so that that ends a ma- that justifiably ends a match when he would do that in WWE when he was tagging up his brother. They had a couple of cage matches with like. The fucking right. uh, like New Age Outlaws and shit, and it wasn't end or the real Americans, and it wasn't re- ending the match. Just it was just a spot. Like he loves that moonsault, uh, like crossbody, John. But it's a good spot here. It looked really fucking good. It looked really good. Well, credit to Wardlow for getting right in a position for it. Like he has to take yeah. like, two big steps forward. Um, I don't know. You got to give it up for that. No look, shit. That's that was and that was pure. You know. Perk Angle, shout out. Uh, the uh, the the match. Here, I think this match was had to be better than whatever him and MJF did ten days later. Um, yeah, yeah. I, there's not a lot of fat on this match. This is real lean and yeah, nice and tight. That's what you nice. want. Let's get to something that's got a little more fat on it. <sighs> um, yeah. I'm gonna say, I really really like this match. From March 7th, 2021, Revolution, it's Kenny Omega versus John Moxley in, uh, you know, whatever. Whatever this. <laughs> I'm not going to call it an explosion match. Fire, the, firecracker death match? The Moxley extinction device match whatever the fuck don Callis was calling it I, so i didn't don watch Callis. i didn't watch any i i watched no promos i did i tuned don Callis out completely oh. i when he w- appeared on commentary for this match i was like fuck i was so bummed because i love tony jr and excalibur as a trio they're an unconventional three men really good i i was very happy with them they're yeah. charming and they do they hit the beats but also are feel very free to diverge from the path. And I think that's cool. I, I, I said this like straight, like this is completely what I, uh, me saying what I said last time, that they actually, this actually has a real sports vibe because they just feel like broadcasters calling a fucking NBA game or something. Yeah, it's got downtime. Like, it's got, you know, moments of, of a- a- excitement. And then they'll occasionally do some analysis. But for the most part, it is, there's a lot of sp- stuff in between where they do respond like normal commentators, whereas in WWE they would be, you know, promoting Slim Jims or whatever, you know? Yeah. So to say they don't do it at the end of Vince the episode. in their ear uh, uh, to make sure that they put over uh, this or that instead of uh, 
well, actually just like being genuine for a minute. It's like, I really, I can't remember if it was this match or not, but there's a certain point where uh, Shivani is like riffing. He's trying to get to the heart of the matter on something. And then Excalibur just like slips in and just like, uh, like sort of like gives it like a significant fucking point. And it really helped. You can tell that all yeah. these guys are listening to one another. They have a rhythm. They're, and they, and, but even more so, they like really work to support each other or even just like, as much as I spent a lot of this time bitching about JR, like making fun of Excalibur's choices of highfalutin words or whatever, it's like, sure. it's, it's honestly good that like he's taking the time to like cut down Excalibur and put himself over as the cranky old man. Because <laughs> sure. it, it, because no, because it like, it establishes each of them having a distinct role yeah. and actually interacting. You don't get that with wwe anymore it feels like three guys just off on their own solo trips yeah yeah like even when like cole and jbl were working together all the time and then there's an affliction shirt jerry lawler <laughs> fucking cast to the wind just having no idea if he's a heel or face or if he's why he's there at all yeah, every three or four minutes, like, in interjecting, like, some half-remembered thing that he can sort of half-apply to whatever's happening. Uh, yeah, I, I do love the, the interplay between all of them. And uh, Gaman Geary is now, like, basically a, an AEW Dark commentary meme where anytime someone does any, like, any sort of kick, uh, you know, Big Show or Mark Henry will be like, now was that a Gob and Gary? <laughs> and it's just like, it's so funny. It's so funny that this is, uh, you know, and also, again, it is, it is cool that, yeah, Mark Henry knows what, he knows that this is Kawada's move or whatever, you know, because Eddie Kingston was on commentary with him and told him, yeah, that's a Gob and Gary, that's Kawada's, you know. Like I, I, I do like that these people are like rubbing off on each other and respect each other on a level that nobody's really belittling each other, which is also a thing that constantly has happened for the last twenty five years on WWE television, mm. where it's just you know I talked about it a couple episodes ago where I watched some Heat or Jacked or whatever, and it was Michael Cole and Kevin Kelly, and Michael Cole is just bullying Kevin Kelly, um, that those people all hate each other. They don't want to work together. They want to work against each other. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm well, trying to think of the time in the last 20 years where like a loose moment of the WWE comment. I, I, I just went back to the uh, UK championship tournament. Misha will know this moment immediately. We're always all Michael, going back to that. Michael Cole asking uh, Nigel McGuinness, what does wavy mean? And, uh, in association with Roy Johnson, the waviest man in wrestling, and not, <laughs> Nigel having no clue, but it felt like it, it felt like something that a human being would be like, yeah, Nigel. Yeah, I remember those. Yeah. I remember the commentary on that on that weekend being cool. That was. I'm yeah. pro, I am. I am obviously genuinely very pro Michael Cole as an announcer. I can't help it, but uh, he just needs know. to get away from Vince when he's in those NXT tournaments, like the. Cruiserweight Championship or the uh, May Young Classic or whatever. Oh yeah, sure. Half the time yeah. of his life, like it's just then yeah. When he shouted "Hell yeah!" What was that? Uh, Mako Mercedes. Mako versus Mercedes. God, I remember that. I remember like getting in the group team and being like, "Has anybody heard Michael Cole call this match?" <laughs> it was so nice. Oh yeah, God. 
completely forgot about that. That's an awesome fucking match too. Um, yeah, it's it's nice. It's it's an immediate uh, change in in vibe compared to the other show when you hear these three. Um, and it's, again, sadly, Don Callis is on this, but at least we got that in there. Yeah. Um, uh, I just want to also bring back. I know you didn't watch the promo, but if you decide to go back, and if anybody else wants to, the promo is mostly a bunch of nonsense that's not worth uh, interpreting. But you do get to see the image of Kenny Omega in some sort of like blacksmith shop with. Like, oh no! I watched that. I watched that video. That is. I just didn't like, pay attention to the dialogue. The stupidest thing in the world, but it's also <laughs> it's just perfect to like look at Kenny and this like and the black gloves with the you know the. The welding mask. mask just looking like some co- sort of crackpot mad scientist like he's um like he's uh uh for the pco guy why am i blanking destro uh, destro yeah yes. yeah sure like, o- omega as a destro is honestly maybe something that should be worked into it's just who do you end up with uh omega's pco when omega's knee is finally giving out well i mean it's like it's it's behind somebody it's when the young bucks can't do their flippy shit anymore and become the greatest brawling tag team of all time it's gonna happen folks <laughs> just uh, wishes were horses cu- cu- yeah. we'd, we'd all be on a merry ride what can yes, you say? yes 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 um i like that that you know the video is good it's got onita uh it's got clips of onita and tarzan goto exploding um jim and, ross and- being like what the fuck is this i don't fucking know it's fucking crazy, man. But it's a good Fuck. build. Like they, they, you know, they put the dates in the corner of all the clips, so they, so they show you. Oh yeah, this feud has been going since the first proper AEW show when Mox debuted at the end and and beat up Kenny. Um, this is a twenty-two month build to this match in theory, um, with you know patches where they didn't interact. But yeah, you know, this is a culmination of a fucking. Almost two years build. And that's pretty impressive to try to build to a blow off like this, even though we all know and not none of none of the three of us had seen this match coming into this. We all know no. we all saw the, the the last part. We'd all seen the disappointing explosion at the end. Yep. So going in to this, knowing that tempering my expectations for the theatrics of the entire thing, um, I was pretty excited to watch this on you know, on a, on a base level, knowing that. Yeah. Um, and we know I, it's not. We, there's no way in hell it's going to be Onita Tremont. That's we. It's, why would it's we be expect that? Different. Why yeah. would we expect that? It's it. Not only is it going to be completely. You know, the the pyrotechnics there were a lot more satisfying to me personally. Um, although there's a couple of spots here that I liked. Um, the 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 match structure is obviously not going to be any anything the same. Um. But I'm going to say just at the top, I thought this was a great match. Um, did either of you like this? I didn't. Di- I-, I thought it was all right. Yeah. Me too. I I thought- yeah, I was like uh, a little cooler on it, but it was like it was less because of anything that happened in the match and certain things like. So I don't I don't know if anybody else is going to notice this. This is just me being like a weird like hearing based geek and stuff like that okay. and a lot of i found like well this and specifically also the match we're going to cover after this the sound effects on a lot of things just felt really muted and like yeah badly mic'd yeah to the point where i'm like it makes me think that like these things are like more special effects than real 
And I'm just like wondering, it's like, I know they didn't try punching anything up like in the WWE fashion, but maybe at that uh, venue, because um, Javon was telling me that's the one they got pretty much locked into because yeah. of COVID and everything. Like maybe yeah, they own like, that sweeten place, up those shows a little bit because it's like when you've got like all these barbed wire explosions and uh, like landmines or whatever going off and all you hear is like a light, like little zap, like you watch a bug zapper on TV. I'm right. kind of like – uh, it it just uh, it kind of dampens the vibes you're going. It for. really yeah, does. I'm, I'm just not sure if they ever figure if they've ever figured out how to mic this weird half indoor, half outdoor amphitheater no, setup. I disagree. I, I disagree. I don't you know. Should, you should I watch. Genuinely don't know. You should watch. I mean, I'm not going to tell you. Jungle Boy versus Kenny Omega. In well, this, me to in, watch the fucking match. That's fine. In this building, um. A couple months later, they got more more fans. Although there's a lot of fans in attendance for this, which I was surprised because like March seventh, I don't think anybody had the, had the vaccine. But no. then I constantly forget how states like Florida and Texas were basically full capacity for a lot of events. A lot of events before you know vaccinated rates were even above like five percent. So or even like as far back as yeah, December uh, and you know thirty thousand people at World Series games in October. That's right. That's right. In uh, Arlington. Yeah, I love my home state. Um, I hope they all die. Um, they didn't. They didn't. They're still, how, how do they keep kicking? And now, yeah, fucking, it's cool there. Um, and now you can't even have an, uh, well. Um, they they do pretty good at making that, like the acoustics of that place, even with the, the big open space to the side there, big yeah. open window, which I think looks great, by the way, on TV when they I do think a, the, oh, a daytime show. I like it a lot. I think I like it a lot, yeah. It looks great when the sun's still out, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I think Daily's Place is a, a pretty cool venue, and I, I think they were very lucky to, well, not lucky, obviously they own the place, but that's a, that was a good, that was very fortunate for them to have that place instead of the, the Thunderdome, you know? Yeah, or um Hello. Hello. <laughs> you just no sold the Thunderdome. No, you you <laughs> I thought you muted. Okay, hang on. Um yeah, the Thunderdome was like uh I, I you know, an interesting experiment. I don't know. I I watched what did I, I guess I didn't watch a lot of Thunderdome. What I watched was the what was the WrestleMania show where they had no audience, right? Yeah. Um, and I've talked about this before. The three-way ladder match between one of the Usos, Kofi Kingston, and John Morrison, where every like step on a ladder they take, you could hear it echo through that building and how like creaky it all was, and it mm. made it seem like the most dangerous ladder match I've ever seen. Um, so yeah, I don't know. There were a lot of aesthetic choices made during. Uh, the pandemic, and I think I don't know. I think the, the Thunderdome is on the is on the wrong end of that. I, I do not care for it. Um, they were lucky to have this instead of just being like, "Well, we're going to the Nightmare Factory building," like they did those that month of tapings. For right, right, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. They they did good. They did all right. And again, incredible that they made it through. Like you know, they they didn't even make a full year of shows before they had to shut down. Like it's. It's incredible that they are that they came back as strong as they did. Um, obviously, they have some big stars to help pad that out, but it's it's pretty impressive. Um, Moxley is not coming out to Wild Thing yet. Um, he 
he also needs Eddie Kingston around to kind of help sell his act. I don't think Moxley. I don't know. I I I'm not too cold on Moxley, but you know, um, his his leather jacket is like too nice. It like looks like a costume, you know. Um, and then what we got? Bryce is in a hazmat suit with a fucking face he's shield. Do, he, yeah, he's doing the uh, right. the Goedo. Right, but he uh, but uh, you know I think maybe th- I was thinking this might be the same. He might have worn this uh, during every like match that he ref during the entire pandemic. So I don't. Know. I don't know. Uh, safety first. Kenny has a white T-shirt on, which, of course, you know, blood. Um, but it's designed to look like old FMW VHS covers, but has like it's like an event, an event tee for this show, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, um, good shirt. Good shirt. Yeah. It looks good with blood on it. And then uh, in the intros, in an ominous moment, John Moxley takes a big swig of whiskey from a flask. Uh, yeah, that shit. That shit ain't aging well. No, I'm like, uh, I'm already. Lo- I mean, me personally, I'm already loving this. Uh, it's great. Uh, <laughs> really, really set the scene for me. Uh, do you think Kenny Omega only drinks like Japanese alcohol? I don't know if he drinks. Right. If he, no, but if he does, no, he, he definitely he does drink. He's like, I don't think he's like a heavy drinker, right. but he would definitely go out to the bar. I remember it like. Uh, there was a brief uh, Tamatanga podcast on uh, oh, I remember I think, this. Uh, MLW Radio or something. I remember that, and there's, yeah. There is one episode where it's like Tama and Kenny are talking in a bar and both of them are very – both very drunk but also like Kenny is also – gone off of so much fucking coke at that point and it's this is before you know we we knew it was true cocaine ken energies because (laughs) he's just talking about i just think that in order to understand wrestling you gotta really 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 communicate all of these things and it's just like oh man tell me about tell me about your 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 fashion line you've got planned tell me about your <laughs> psychological issues with your dad Kenny give me the, <laughs> i love this give me more like just the raw uncut Kenny about to start crying about how like though his last two girlfriends thought he needed to sell off his PlayStation or something <laughs> like, it's beautiful it sounds great it sounds great um yeah the MLW radio network bring it back is it still around no Definitely. I don't think so. yeah, too bad. I, I I don't know what the Conan thing is at this point. I have no idea. No, Conan Conan's under uh uh the Jericho network, I think. So okay. we gotta get us we gotta get on we gotta get in touch with Conrad or something. Um all right. Kenny has also uh knee pads over the jeans, which you know, we love, but also yeah. they they look like brand new jeans. They do. And the and the, the knee pads have some fucking like I don't know, probably some anime bullshit on him. I could, I didn't know what it was, but it was some design. Uh, but still, he's he's trying. Um, so the match opens with uh, some cosplay Funko Nita stuff. Like they they're they're doing funk punches. Um, you know, to varying degrees of success. I think some of the stuff here looks good. Um, and uh, you know, we get there's a barbed wire bat. They do he does a white Russian leg sweep. Uh, uh, Moxley does on the stage, and I guess one of the things I, I I wanted to talk about is how gimmicked do we think some of this wire is? Um, that's yeah, that's it. it it's worth pointing out. Well, so um, I I think the boards when they each go into a board and they have to get pulled out, and you can see it pull into their shirts. 
Yeah. I, I think maybe The Wire everywhere else is fake. <laughs> um, I mean, I know that Kenny got cut on, like, his elbows yeah. from uh, after he took a spot into the wire rope on the ropes. Okay. And you're not you're not blading your fucking elbows. Well, sure, sure. I don't even that's not really even possible. So I mean, anything's possible. You believe uh. could, but that <laughs> seems like a really fucking It'd be funny. Stupid way to you do really, anything. Yeah. That's that's not really that's not that's more some like you expect Colt 45 to do that. Um yeah. They uh they do effectively tease some wire spots though. Um, and we get our first explosion. Uh, K- Kenneth throws powder in Moxley's eyes and I think just sort of shoves him into the wire. Um, and I guess the first one I thought looked okay. I guess these look okay. The sound is where it's off. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. They look okay in real time. It's a weird thing where they've got – and this is – I mean we've seen this in FMW where they they, they have the – the sort of cord that's got the explosives on it around maybe the ring post. It's all like just slightly, you know, six to 12 to 18 inches off of the ropes so that when they hit the ropes, and in this case we actually have ropes too. That's the other thing is this is not, this is not no rope barbed wire. This is classic cable or whatever their ropes are made of wrapped in wire um, with that, explosion sort of ring around it so that when they hit it then the explosion goes off behind them right yes um yeah it was definitely coming up from the uh from the floor not the floor but the uh the the, apron yeah Uh, so that's why there was no singeing yeah i can understand them being like i don't want to get singed Sure. Well, also, I don't know if anybody that's knew how fault. to really set this up, though. I don't think anybody like that's the thing is no nobody knows how to set this up. You know, like the the Tremont uh, Onita match doesn't have anything like this because it would have been fucking really difficult to set up. There's no there's no exploding ropes in that match. You know, um, yeah. there's the pit, and then there's some there's some weapons, some gimmicks that explode. Um, I I guess. Until they showed it on a replay, I thought it looked all right. I don't know. It Prob- looked. I thought it looked fine. Yeah, the first now, one. I don't for think sure. that. I don't think those were the issue, really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The ropes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's. We'll. 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 We'll keep going then. Um. Uh, Kitty does a shin breaker onto an upside down trash can on Mox. I love that. Um. I. You know. I'm mostly down for what they're doing here and the pace they're going at. Uh, Moxley uh, escapes a, a figure four by grabbing a, a, a chair covered in barbed wire, scraping on, on, on Kenny's leg, which I like. Um, Moxley has yeah. good juice very early oh, on. Yeah. Um, and he goes into the wire board on the uh, top left corner first. And it, that's where I was like, oh, yeah, this looks legit. Because he, he doesn't peel off of there easily. He has to pull each little bit from his shirt. Um and then I had to take a little break here, and I came back two hours later and watched the rest of this match. <laughs> um, but the next thing I saw when I unpaused was Omega going for the figure four again and getting kicked into the wire um, and the fireworks. And then there's the front drop kick that sends him back into it again. And I, I you know, again, this is I thought this was a really nicely timed spot, both in its like individual beats of Kenny's one two bumps, but then also where it was placed in the match. Like I'm. I'm picking up what they're putting down, like, absolutely here. I think it's... Yeah, no. I thought this was rolling along nicely. Um, absolutely. I'm I'm with the match uh, so far, totally. Okay, cool. Um, 
great facials from Moxley. Uh, Siobhan, you might remember the uh, Death Valley Driver, uh, maybe it was PWO meme of 2014 or whatever, where somebody said that Ambrose uh, was great at doing facials. Um, <laughs> and, and then everybody decided that was the funniest thing they'd ever read. Uh, do you remember I this? Mean, yeah, I, I kind of like do, yeah. I mean, that was like... A JDMC that... or Rev Ray meme, the least yeah. funny motherfuckers on the internet. Um, you had like, the, I mean... People, that was his era of like the titty master. And it's like, what does it mean, the titty master? Ah, I just wrote that. I think this might day, slightly predate the titty master, but yeah. <laughs> I think, it I think was, it's all uh, part of the same narrative, yeah. Just like him with the shield was great. He was that. I thought he was great. Well, shield. I think everybody, um, I think all that's the, I think that's the other thing about Ambrose is people want to fuck him. Um, or Moxley. Oh, yeah. I think that was the entire deal with, because like where you've got like Rollins the Twink. Roman, the the muscle guy, you know, um, people wanted to fuck Ambrose. Like he's got like a, I mean, he's got like a Michael Pitt charm to him in a way. Sure, sure. Um, same haircut at times as well. Um, yes, yeah. Not not at this point anymore. The, the Ambrose, like twenty thirteen, is the funny games look kind of right. Just put him in a sweater. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, we've talked about uh, from the um, six man, and we did on the Mickey episode. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were going to say we've just... talked about funny games. That we did a whole episode on funny games, but sorry. <laughs> well, 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 the remake. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Uh, I don't. We'll, we'll do the original. The original. Save it for the Patreon. Mm. But no, like we talked, at, like him just being all languid and being like this weird proto orange cassidy almost like he he plays into his looks he always has which it, it works i yeah. mean and he's he a genuinely good looking guy yeah yeah it's a he's an interesting um guy to have become like a star like he like he almost had to leave wwe because he just didn't fit the conventional you know what they what what vince sees as a man or whatever you know yeah um, i mean he could do ton, a lot of their bullshit uh just, uh, but, oh, he did but great he there. Play- he got himself very over. He's a fucking world champion, you know? Yeah, I good. mean, the, like, I'll never forget, like, when it was uh, during the Rollins feud, like, they had him, like, they had some security guard lock him in a room, and it was like, Renee asked him, Dean, Dean, how did you get out? Um, There was a back door. They didn't know it. I just I just opened it. They left it unlocked. They, <laughs> great plan, as always. Like, he just was... Not unlike Brian, you can see Vince being like, "I like this guy." Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know what to do with him, but he's he's got a job for a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, let's see here. Omega's bump into the other wire board is really intense. Uh, I thought because it's it's this like sloppy exploder. Um, oh yeah, where Omega charges in and he's about to take it, and he seems like he almost hesitates. Um, or he seems like he actually hesitates, right? Like he, he like they they played off as him. Uh, they played off really well. They like say like he blocked it, but that meant that uh he didn't get like that that almost sandbag mocks because at the first time I saw it, right. I did think uh like wait did he actually sandbag him? Well, he it he stutters, but it looks he kind of du- he kind of uh, double dribbles, you know? He yeah, likes, he, it looks or travels. He travels. I'm sorry. He, tra- <laughs> he doesn't double. He travels. He does this like euro steps. Euro steps. He does a euro step into it on accident. Is what he does, right? Um, and so Jokic. Yeah, he he Jokic's it. Um, uh, Luca. Um, that's the only I only know the white basketball players. No, um, the the bump is crazy. Mox like flings his ass over. 
Um, and it's brutal. It's you know, it's sloppy, but yeah, it's I'm a, like I'm a, it, I'm, a, it I'm, a, I'm a little piggy, and I love the slop. No, it, it totally works if you think about it as being planned. If it's unplanned, then it looks stupid. No, but I think it looks awesome. even then, who cares that I much? Love it. I, I love don't know. Thrown like that. Um, so an ugly bump is never a bad bump. No, yeah. Well, sometimes a bad bump is a bad bump, but a, a bump being mm. ugly doesn't make it bad. Yeah. Um, no. All right. There's a bunch of well-made wire props here, which is like the kind of the thing where I feel like they're almost too glossy. Like there's so much wire on that chair that Omega yeah. side slammed on. Like it's just like it it it's just not nasty enough. It's not shitty enough. It feels like a TV production team designed this set and not a bunch of like like inbred idiots from Indiana. Um, yeah, but you know, you I wanted to have that. I like the idea of you know. Yeah, we brought you just brought your shit. Like yeah. you just bring it with you. Yeah, it's your yeah. thing. Yeah, I, I, but, I like you that know, too. That uh, you, you can't bring a knife. You can't be sausaging <laughs> people in the face with your with your cleaver. Yeah, well, that's the thing is the line doesn't exist anymore when it comes to that stuff. Uh, we're gonna get well, a cha- we're gonna get a chance to talk about some of that soon. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, Misha, mm-hmm. you ever wrap your arm in barbed wire? So, uh, not intentionally. <laughs> I have, uh, you're putting a up a fence. Fences. You're putting up a fence. <laughs> you're, you're, you're scaling a fence because, um, a, a, a drug dealer recognizes you as, uh, someone's friend. So <laughs> I never climbed a wire, a barbed wire fence. Wow. Oh, it, uh, it sucks. Yeah. It really <laughs> sucks. Well, in fight club, they just took a rug with them, you know? A, yeah. What a great scene. <laughs> we all remember that scene. Um, yeah. That's the thing is we all do remember. That's, it's insane how much we all remember that scene. Um, the the wire-wrapped lariat here, Kenny avoids it really well. I, I, lo- I love this sequence, too. All right. So Moxley wraps his right arm in barbed wire. Kenny avoids it really well, uh, evading two clotheslines and some other stuff. And eventually Moxley's best option is to just lariat him with the left arm. Um, and then Kenny sort of suckers in Moxley and hits two dragon suplexes and a V trigger. Um, and then Moxley comes back with the barbed wire lariat. And I thought this was such a clever, you know, um, I don't know, I guess using both sides of the body is one thing. Um, but this, this is like the, this is a version of a, of a, of a, an intricate Kenny Omega style back and forth sequence that I thought worked so well. Um, I mean, Mox at his best is very thoughtful about that kind of stuff. I've always thought that, like, that he understood subtlety in a way that he never fucking got credit for. Well, and those shield matches, the shield matches, the six mans all require a great deal of precision and being in the right spot at the right time for everything to work together. But he, most of all, never came off. Like, he had practiced it, you know? He was just good at it. Um, so I think that's, that's what I like most about Moxley is his naturalism, uh, when it comes to things like the little things like that. Um, whereas other times he does things where he's, he's playing it so big that I'm just like, all right, come on, chill out a little bit, dude. Um, let's see. 
They uh, this is a good spot. He goes for the paradigm shift, the double underhook DDT. Kenny counters it yeah. by running him backwards into the ropes, which explode. But Kenny's face is trapped in Moxley's arm, and he's blinded by the explosion. Oh yeah, it's um, very it's very big, and that's when you get uh, Kenny blading. Uh, yeah. Transparently, if you know when to call for it, but at the same time, you want this fucker to bleed from well, his fucking forehead, so I don't care. So this is cool because what happens <laughs> is as Bryce comes in with water and pours it on his yeah, face. Yeah, he's called for Bryce to to toss him a water bottle, and he does it. He yeah, see. he does it, and then he when he blades, it mixes immediately with the water that he just poured on his face, and it automatically. Yeah, works. it's great. It's I, I loved it. I was I was weighing on that. I, no, this, I all these was things very are just well done, especially especially because that's not something you could pull off in yeah. a regular match like a normal rules match where you're just uh fucking like going to blade you, yeah. you can't that just that's just like why the fuck is the referee giving you a water bottle yeah here I, there's no to, fucking rules because you so got an explosion not? in your eye. Do what he wants well, yeah it's it's fine because you had an explosion happen in your face um yeah all right so the the can it all right so they end up on the apron um and kitty goes for his famous hip toss off the apron <laughs> <laughs> I love it when somebody tries some shit like that. Oh, um, big deal. Yeah. Uh but he they they do the the lifting underhook DDT, um Moxley does into the wire pit. And there is an explosion that of just sorts. kind of farts out of the side. Um It was not impressive. But here's the thing, the bump was insane. <laughs> Oh, that's a great bump, um, because that's just fucking, that's just a DDT from the apron to the fucking floor, where there's no pads. And he comes down at a, a horrific angle. I, yeah, both guys, like, eat shit for it. Yeah. Uh, it gets over as a bump really well. It's just, if it was just a new, just regular barbar board, it would be better. Without the explosion. Like, huh. Yeah. yeah, you immediately have the mm, like th- mm. that's the thing. I think that's the thing about this match is there's so much working against. A re- there's a really there's a great match in here that has just a ton of bad decisions working against it. Um, yeah, yeah, because I mean, because they are most like because they have the big arena around the arena brawl that they had in uh, October 2019 uh and, and which we see clips of but you don't want them to do that so the only really they migrate to the stage a little bit but that's it and that is on the one side where they do cleverly have it so that there's not going to right. be the barbed wire so that so medical can personnel get in, can yeah. get there yeah. and which will set up other shit yeah yeah no there's a there's a lot of i mean you know i i do think there's a lot of thought put into this match and i i I don't know i don't know how this happened with the explosions and how how they how they managed to fuck that up like i really i really don't because if the explosions would have been bigger i think this might be a fucking masterpiece like i i I think this might be my favorite kenny omega match i think it's my favorite kenny omega match either way um i don't know what i him versus Tanahashi from the first heavyweight match he has in New Japan. I, don't I mean, know. I, look, hey, I, 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 I like I, some I, Kenny. I, I, I like I like a little Kenny every now and then as a treat. But I don't think he's worthless. Yeah, no, he's, he's just annoying. As again, fuck. you know, you put him against some of his contemporaries like Osprey um, or or a or, man or who gets worse by the year. Yeah. yeah, Okada or you know. Or even just you know Takagi, like the the people who have taken up the mantle since he left New Japan. Give me Kenny over any of those guys. The increasingly breaking down Ibushi. 
I who well is now no, I, I will always defend he, Ibushi. I I I, 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 I always love the guy for what he did when his best, but he just like he just doesn't have he just can't do it anymore. It's, no, he's just, no, you should watch you should been, you should watch him and Naito from the G one this year. It's fucking nuts. I mean, obviously yeah, he almost died. Match ever, I know. It's really good. It's the best one yet. Um, all right, Misha. Yes, I have a note here that says Bryce Remsburg sucks. Would you agree with that? <laughs> okay, so I like I never got into uh, Bryce because I never watched any of the promotions he was refing at. Like, like obviously I wasn't watching you. Chikara. I wasn't. Wa- was he in PWG? I guess maybe. Like, no, he never went out west. Really. Yeah, right, that so, was Rick Knox. Who's also who's the good? I'm just ref. like I just associate him with like. You know, like the cool indie wrestlers of the 2010s, like he would just in, invariably have to ref their matches. I know he does like Beyond occasionally and stuff like that, but um, like I never got to develop a distaste for his like sort of like constantly doing stuff and getting himself over, just because it's like I was very very little exposed to that. Also, I'm very little exposed to that in refs in general, so it's like. Sure. I just I usually more care about whether or not refs look clunky or not. So it's like the uh, the only ref I've ever learned to hate is uh fucking um the um the weird uh, Italian guy that like the washed looking sleepy eyed dude that like everybody on oh is, you really gonna tell me you don't hate red shoes Uno? Okay, no, I hate I do hate red shoes. I do hate red shoes. <laughs> but yeah, also... I, I pointed that motherfucker out to you, and you were like. Oh no! I want to hear more about this Italian them. guy though. Who's the Italian? No, guy? His where does name's he like work? like Danilo or something like that. It's like whenever Who, where does you he were work? watching in NXT, and I think he eventually got bumped up to main roster because all the NXT people were just like, "He's so great! He's so great!" And you're watching this guy, I think and I know he this can't guy. really, he can't really do like anything in rhythm. He's just like kind of like staggering around. Well, the WWE just... referee factory that they have now is very strange. I um, mean, it's. It was the part of the problem was Drake at the time, a pre canceled Drake when he was still overripe with tan was very good to the point of like it kind of exposed certain people. I'll remember he was a good uh, ref. I'll remember a tweet where it was like, Why is Drake Younger selling this submission that Zack Saber Jr. is in better than he is? And I'm <laughs> just like yeah, wow. I I liked Drake and all the non-white refs. I like uh, like uh, Bandito Junior. I like the ROCs. Uh, Daryl Sharma. I like Da Brewer. Uh, then I don't know why. I just thought they they actually seem to have a character. Uh, not too much, but <laughs> but in the sense of like, oh yeah, they they make themselves notice without making themselves look like dicks. But then all of like the young white refs uh, that would get called up, like. Post anyone who would have worked for Heyman SmackDown it was fucking dog shit. They all became a blur to me at a certain point. I don't know. For me, it, like you know. like John Cone and and those types. Yeah, yeah, John Cone. Um, all right, let's see here. The uh, the blood is good on Kenny. I think he's got a nice little blade. Oh job. yeah, yeah. It get it gets there. Yeah. He he really. I guess. The, yeah, the fucking explode the, the the explosive there it just kills me. I I, I really it's hate not, that. I really it, hate that. It, it should have been double sided at minimum. I don't know. Yeah, oh, it just it just looks like a fart. Oh, it's just it's just not enough. Yeah, it stinks. Um, it stinks like a fart. Um, 
we get some goofy music at the 20 minute mark to it's not a siren oh it's like, god it's like some this game of thrones shit, music dude no oh. it's not, it was just like the opening of any fucking theme that any motherfucker on this roster might have had <laughs> yeah and i was like so i was so pissed off yeah. I, I was so taken aback by and surprised that that's the way they did it and not just like a, a siren or a klaxon or something like yeah. tornado warning and it goes on way too head. long too it's yeah, it's so musical. That is the way Misha described it, so I'm stealing that from you, fool. But no, it's true. It's just like it just sounded like a cue. It didn't sound yeah. like it was. It sounded. I think I described it as sounding like something from The Weakest Link. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. No, it's 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 a, a two thousand who wants to be a millionaire primetime game show shit. Yeah, absolutely is what it is. That's that's a good call. Um, there are a lot of weird production choices made here. I'm saying like oh, yeah, like yeah. just every from from. Every every element of this is just like great match. What happened, you know? Um, and they they this move is a, in. This is like a forensic uh, fucking study we're doing here for sure. But, well, yeah, I mean, I think that's and I did want to watch this match eventually, but I didn't expect to like the match so much, and that's really why I I don't know. I it's it's crazy. They move into like a the trading big move section which is the you know we're doing a kenny omega match here but they they're both bloody as hell and they look great and i buy all of it like i i don't love kenny omega but i'd much rather again watch him than some of his contemporaries and i'm not going to see osprey bring this kind of drama um, and the big mat i mean the first and you know we and we get to the bomb trading we get my favorite spot of the match yeah yeah uh, the first one winged angel one two mox gets his foot on the ape on the rope, which triggers the explosion and blinds Kenny. Yeah. Which is awesome. It's so That good. was beautiful. That was a fucking great spot. It's such There's a no way around that. I've never seen anybody do anything like that where they like, you know, I, I guess maybe I've seen an explosion thing, maybe where somebody broke a submission hold with it. Um, but usually, you know, I, I can't think, of, I can't think of it. That's like a self-sacrifice unless like, it's going to fuck the other guy up. Too. Yeah. That's the plan. It's cool. It's cool. And that it, came you know, off that came off very smart. That requires um cuz where he lands in the ring, Kenny has to uh when he hooks the leg, he has to pull him sort of. It's it's I watched that a couple of times and I was pretty impressed by their their placement, their blocking of that. It was all like that's not easy to do, you know? Um no. And then Tony reminds us of the 30-minute timer um on the explosives. The Good Brothers come out. Thank God. Um, cause what this match they're, is, they're Luke, looking like Taz, Luke Gallows, so orange, Luke Gallows, 90 year old man, Luke Gallows, of course, uh, Carl Anderson looking like he has to take a shit running in Luke, Ga- you know, Luke Gallows kind of reminds me of, uh, like Bruce Campbell in Bubba Hotep. Like he's got the same <laughs> movement sort of style. Um, and then Mox clears the good brothers. And then we get, uh, and I and I think this is the one really good explosion in this match. I mean, this, well, besides the kick out that you just said, which is really nice. Uh, this exploding bat, which there's no sound to it, but it looks no. good. It did look good, and it was a surprise. And for all of like the the corny, I mean, I you want to tune out fucking Cyrus on commentary, but he did say there will be plenty of surprises. Yeah, like, yeah. With his I, bullshit, I, and you're like, I missed the, that part. And you get the idea that like. It plays into the idea that no matter what is happening with the match, that Kenny is trapping Moxley, and and you know you say what you fucking will about that, but I I, I get that. Yeah, that's an I that's something. Yeah, um, I I I like this. I like that they finished before the 
the the end there. Like I expected this to go the full thirty. Um, uh yeah. And they Gr- didn't. And and you know the, as a finish, one winged angel onto the chair, open chair, propped up, pro- open chair looked grotesque. Yeah, that's a finish. That's yeah. a finish. I don't know. I, it's too bad we didn't just stop there. You know. Ah, yeah, it is, man. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Misha, is is Eddie Kingston your favorite wrestler? I would say he's uh, my favorite, like, uh, modern wrestler. I would argue, like, uh, well, obviously, I'm the Tajiri stan more than anything. But uh, But Tajiri is, like, like doing his own thing and wherever, in MLW or whatever. It's, if, if. Not working on this level. Seeing Tajiri is great and thrilling, mm-hmm. but also seeing Eddie get uh, like treated like a star yeah, is like, legitimately inspiring. Yeah. This. Uh, so here's a funny thing: as much as Eddie being put in the spot like felt like almost like it was going to be death, I kind of feel like Eddie is the only guy saves it. who who could have made this even remotely. He. Almost could have survived it. He almost saves it because he's so good. Like it's he didn't know that the explosions were gonna go off. He still went out there and did it, and you believed him. And even the even the okay, so like the 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 explosions look like shit. Mm -hmm. It's the dumbest thing in the world to Mm -hmm. sell for. But if any other babyface had been put in that position, we would not be talking about them anymore. They would have already gone. Yeah. That, like, they would have like, survived if, that. If Hangman Page was in that spot, oh, he would God. not be wearing the belt currently. Yeah, like at all. Like he might be in Impact, just like fucking like having sour grapes. Like <laughs> any, like somehow Eddie like is bulletproof enough that not only did he able he did he manage to recover this uh, ridiculous finish, but he also still is like we're gonna talk about him having multiple main events. Yeah. In this company, it's like, like he somehow managed to like completely earnestly just shove his way through what is like one of the stupidest. And it's it's entirely like one of the more deserved things that like critics of AEW have lambasted them yeah. for. Because you look at this thing and even like even the footage of Mox like after the match, just having to address the crowd like, well, this was some fucking bullshit. Like, it's <laughs> like. You know, you have to. You have to acknowledge that it's, like, a failure. But, like, none of that, like, stink fell on anyone, which is yeah. impressive. Yeah, everybody survived. It's, it is it is impressive. Um, I mean, maybe it's a testament to how good the match was leading up to that that people can maybe still say. But I haven't heard anybody really talk about this match as a good match. It's now underrated. It's yeah. shockingly. Somehow. Some the fuck how. Yeah. Um. And he's good, man. Kenny is good in that when he comes out and he like you know tries to wake him up and tries to drag him and then like I don't know I've I you know I'm a sucker for the guy, but it worked. He, Eddie is just the most fucking sincere guy. Yeah, that's that's always been his greatest uh, strength. That uh, healer baby face, uh, happy or, or sad or angry or whatever. It's yeah. real. Yeah, you feel, yeah. you feel it. Genuine dude. Um, well, cool. I, I'm glad that we all can kind of agree that this is, you know, a, a couple of, a, a couple, you know, C4s away from a good match. <laughs> like, 
uh or a great match i don't know it is a good match it is a really good match it's just it's i I can't think of another time a special effect let down a good match so well because we've had bad special effects you know there's plenty of like bray wyatt stuff and undertaker stuff but it really um brought something down that was great before you know i mean if like if the immediate comparison is king of the death 95 that's not as good of a match it's not oh the little explosion yeah, yeah, it's a good match, but it's not sure. It, it wasn't, you know, they, they were both. They're going little, for a different thing, though. That's yeah, know, and it was the tournament final. Tournament final, it's a shorter. It's a different thing. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a that's a fine comparison. I'll take that as far as a, a special effect. I was trying to think more mainstream or not, like you know, I was trying to think like Vince stuff that that went badly. Yeah. Um, but I can't think of anything that like hurt a match this badly, and it sucks because uh, because that could have been the you know if the, that even if. We have all those other explosions with all the sound effects throughout the match that are just kind of like, oh, all right, whatever. That's yeah, pretty good. Um, or even the one on the floor that's we described as a fart um, multiple times. Um, if this last one is good, good enough, and has the big smoke cloud, then this is the best moment of the year. Eddie covering up John Moxley and the whole ring exploding is one of the great moments in American wrestling history, if it goes right. Yeah. So, I, you know, Tony K, I don't know if there's, I don't know if your dad just wouldn't let you blow up the building, but uh, it's, a, it's a shame because you could have had it all. Um, all right, let's take a break. I have to pee really bad. And yeah. we're going to try to, I think we can probably knock out the, the next three in, in an hour or so. We, that's what I'm going for. I'm trying to get out, hard out at three Eastern. So, um, not hard, medium, medium out. <laughs> me, and, me and the kid right. got to go to Walmart and buy... Yeah, sweet potatoes or whatever. I don't know what the fuck. List is being compiled as we speak, so. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, get get that crucial list going. Yeah, yeah. Uh, five, oh, God, there is still an old Mickey's down here. Son of a bitch. No, there's two. They're both still down here. Oh. When was that episode? That was August. We'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Marlo was a better character than Stringer. But no, I'm. let's move on. I don't... I gotta listen to the cheesy song on this album. I don't think that tracks at all. There's... Ooh, amazing. is so good, but... I'm yeah, because right. it's I... in between Heartless, Love Lockdown, Paranoid, and Robocop. And that's like an all-time fa- section yeah. of... Yes. A five-good song section, uh, if I if that holds up with the rest. What's after Robocop? 
I haven't listened uh, to that album in so long. Then you have Streetlights. Yeah, so I, I like that whole album. Um, no, that album that's my favorite, that is, that favorite that is my favorite Kanye. Yeah, like, that's that's like the first Kanye album I ever liked. That's so. the that's the lovers' pick for best Kanye yeah. album. <laughs> Welcome said... back to Wrestling Scrolls. <laughs> no, on no. the record. Um, you, no, no, you disagree. You disagree. You disagree with Marla being a better character than Stringer. That's fine. Well, I, I just, I think, I think that Dave, I think David Simon's writing of the gang stuff becomes overall much lazier and and more like rote towards the end of the series, as he like begins to focus on the things he really wants to focus on, the schools and the fucking dumbass newspaper, <sighs> um, the paper chase. Yeah. Um, no, I, I just, I, I just had like a thought. Like, there's something. It's the finale where it's like he has what Stringer wanted, basically, and then he just he just leaves. Yeah, because it's like, what does it matter if you can't see it with your own two eyes right in front of your face? That's something I don't know. Well, I, I, no, I, I, I look. Hey, I, I think Marlowe is a very interesting character, and I think they I think they hint at it. I think the "My Name Is My Name" scene is great, and I think it hints at like maybe we could have seen more of what he was actually like as a person. But he's not really a person in the show. Is the problem? Is that he's never yeah. actually a fucking person. He's just a symbol of, and a, and a, you know, and it, yeah, great performance. Love the guy. Great on Bosch. Misha, I haven't seen Bosch yet. Oh come I can't on! Land, unfortunately, I like. I'm not. A What's big the actor's TV name? Person. I'm sorry. What's Marlo's name? What's his actor's name? Uh, Jamie Hector. Jamie Hector. Okay. Yeah, Jamie Hector is really good on Bosch. Um, he plays his cool younger partner who dresses well. Um, it's, it's very different from Marlowe. Uh, he's got a personality in the show, for instance. Uh, but yeah, I, I think they're both compelling characters for different reasons. Welcome back. It's interesting. It's gross. Why are we, that we don't ever, like nobody ever needs to talk about the wire again, right? Oh, well, uh, I'm just on my weird kick again. I think I just got stewed up by all of the, no, the Sopranos was 100% better than the wire thing. And it's just like. And like, oh uh, my! The, I think it's a matter of personal preference. Doing... Yeah, but no, I don't. If someone just likes the Sopranos better, but just the way that the uh, discussion turned away from the wire, just I didn't, I didn't like it. I and I just it felt it felt off putting. Well, uh, you know what? It was but... never by by those types of people. It was never held in the same regard as the, the Sopranos. It just never was. Sure, um, just like the oh my boy, I'm dating a guy and he wants me to watch the wire with him, and it's like. It's 2019. That's not happening. You just sound like a racist because <laughs> you're picking the show about black people. <laughs> yeah, it got really oh. weird when when the, those posts continued past 2014. Um, when yeah, I, I, I guess it, you know. Look, hey, you want to talk about you want to talk about the wire? I'm gonna get in my mentions and tell me tell me how much you love the scene where Snoop buys the uh, nail gun and tips the guy. Oh, I think about, just about, talking about that. This I, I think morning. I think about that scene. Um, Every time I've ever gotten the tip, and I now work a job where that's my entire basic income. Um, you the, keep uh, that fuck. You earned it like a motherfucker. Yeah, I earned it like a motherfucker. Yeah, the Cadillac. Um, yeah, I. Uh, you mean you I mean Lexus, but he ain't know it. Yeah, he mean Lexus, but he ain't know it. That's the quote in the um, in the in the after the credits, right? <laughs> I believe it's he 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 meant Lexus, but he ain't know it. I'm pretty sure is the quote at the beginning. <laughs> You know, the little quote on screen. The yeah. Wire. David Simon. Fuck Waffle. You know? I hear, he wrote, I hear he wrote Cowboy Bebop. I hear he wrote the live-action Cowboy Bebop. 
Does well, he are you serious? No, no, he didn't. But but like the, the, all the characters call each other fuck waffle, and, so, oh, and nice. people are like, yeah, it's kind of like David <laughs> Simon's tweets. Or maybe pe- maybe I'm saying that. Maybe other people aren't. But that's kind of where my mind went. Um, the man is an embarrassment. Um, AEW Dynamite St. Patrick Slam. Oh, uh, shit. Britt Baker versus Funderosa. Oh, shit. Uh, what, day is, lights out. what day is today? Mm. It's somebody's birthday. That was my 32nd. That was, man, 32nd yeah, birthday. Man. That was a good one. I had a good one this year. No, we had a fun. No, I thought you know we got to do birthday episodes. Well, the show was time. good. Well, the show was always show good, was right? good. But, but you had a good time with the family. Day. The three seventeen twenty one much better than three seventeen twenty, which was the day that Emily uh, decided for sure that she had COVID. And also, no, I, I, not, I, also, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't enjoy that day myself. Also, and the I was day just that over I, here that I voted for uh, Bernie Sanders in the uh, Illinois Democratic primary election. Three seventeen twenty. <laughs> it's one of the one of the birthdays, definitely. Um, all right, so I fucked around on uh, Google Docs, the margins, and I was able to make my doc tiny thin on the side of my PC screen, so I can watch the the match taking up the majority in VLC, and I could actually. It was great. I finally figured it out. It's still not ideal, uh, but it beats the hell out of a dual window mode on a Samsung Galaxy S10, which is you know how I watched all the Dick Togo matches that we covered. <laughs> Uh, in a bathroom at my former employer's. Um, let's. Who's Rebel? Oh, uh, Britt Baker's friend. Does anybody um, know? So Rebel is uh, Cherry Bomb's older cousin, Canadian. <laughs> despite the fact that, jeez, uh, I didn't ask know, for her family tree. Being a, a hick, um, <laughs> she is one of the many people that. Um, one of this podcast has Cherry Bomb to also known as the Bunny, by the way. For anybody, yeah. Uh, one of the members of this podcast uh, has referred to uh, this family as having perfectly symmetrically shaped heads. Sure. I never as said a, symmetrically. No, that was I, no. I said it. No, look, stop taking credit. I'm the one. Don't even can't worm your way out of this one. <laughs> All right. I quibble with your choice of words, but I don't quibble with the the point that you are making that you are broadcasting to the listening <laughs> public. I accept this. I accept that I have to deal with this. Yeah, we've all said things. It was, um, it was a very uh, fascinating <laughs> no, moment to see. It's interesting. Rebel, I didn't know. So, I, I didn't yeah, know but, the, the relation, but I I I, I, I understand. Siobhan, I'm not condoning yeah. what you said, but I understand why you said it. That they're very pretty. Yeah, but uh, Rebel was That's a. What you meant. Uh, she was in TNA. She was part of like the Menagerie and the Dollhouse. Those goofy stables. Okay. She cannot she's, work. She but sucks. She's, like, but the she's only, the only match of her I saw was a 2016 star of the match against uh, Hana Kimura on the opening of Kyrie Hojo's last uh, Stardom show, okay. and. Uh, Hana Kimura was still like 16 at that time, and she is working circles around this poor woman who has been in wrestling for roughly uh, eight to ten years at that point. So it was just like it was more like five, but okay. I thought I thought Rebel was uh, British. I thought she was like came over with Jamie Hayter. 
um, who is amazing, by the way. I love Jamie Hayter. Um, no, Rebel is an ex-Cowboys uh, cheerleader, I, I did. Think. Oh, wow. I didn't know yeah. that. That's awesome. Yeah, she's from, like, Oklahoma or Texas. Well, she is great in this role. And she, you know, oh, I, I saw her in the six-woman tag, six tag on, uh, uh, you know, Dark or whatever. I don't know. I, she was fine. She was fine. Whatever. Um, she's great in this role. I, th- I think her, and I, I describe her as uh, a very uh, adorable Dewey Donovan later on. Yes. She sets up spots for Britt to do. Um but she, all right, yeah, as the unwilling and then willing stooge of this of this fool, the evil dentist. She takes a big bump in this match too, right? Doesn't she take like one big? Oh one? Yeah. yeah, she takes a nasty one. Oh yeah, okay. I was scrolling. I couldn't remember exactly. I remember now. Uh, yeah. All right, and uh, all right. So for for that matter, uh, who is Rebel? Who's who is Thunder Rosa? Are uh, so, I have never seen her before this. I almost said TNA run. This AEW run. I'm sorry, Tony. I didn't mean to call you so, TNA on accident. Thunder Rosa is like I can't remember if she's based out of California or Texas or around the Texas. Uh, I think she was based out of California and is now based out of Texas. She wrestles like Texas that. a lot now, so I know that. Yeah. That's all I know. For so sure. like she, so basically she was like an indie presence. I don't think she's like from Mexico per se, but she works. As a luchadora persona, uh, she may or may not be um, related to or friends with uh, uh, current. Uh, I can't remember. If she's a Women of Honor or MLW talent. Holiday, uh, as the she, Twisted Sisters, they yes. had some. They did some stuff in like Stardom and shit. I think. Okay, cool. Bas- basically, she um, she came on people's radar because she had the Lucha Underground run, like, towards the end oh. of Lucha Underground's, uh, you know, like, uh, it was when... Lucha I've said it. I've never was... seen season three or whatever of, of, of LDU. Yeah, that was, that was when everybody was already uh, deciding they were going to shit on every moment of Lucha Underground's existence after Sexy Star won the belt, oh, which is, like... Sure. I'm sure there's a... plenty of good stuff after that, too, though. I'm sure it's great. But, but no, so um, she mostly came on our window because... Um, when uh so back when covid first started i was going through a bunch of personal stuff because um i had a bunch of really difficult experiences with my father getting really sick and having to be in a coma in the hospital and stuff i was just like i basically like shut down while i was with Siobhan. and inexplicably i was like during like one of my breaks during a school semester i was like you want to like just watch all of uh, NWA power, like as wrestling. Is that I don't how know it why. happened? I don't. I don't know why. I no. Well, yeah. it's, because of, it's because of Eddie Kingston. I'll. I'll, I'll right. Uh, I. I would have said sure. I'll blame Eddie, but inexplicably, that became a good like little early into my moving into the apartment bonding mm. ritual for me and Siobhan. We just like have pizza or like whatever for dinner, watch a couple episodes of... I've still uh, never seen Power, but I think it seems like a good show for that. And I I, I stand that... I think that uh, that Eddie also, uh, probably his work there, a brief that it is, may have been, might have that, gotten him help. That is legitimately the moment Eddie finally looked like a star. Cause and that, Lord knows, that video, that one promo was like viral. That one promo went like big. It was like the biggest... Oh, he was... Like he was going viral forever. off of any promo he did at a certain point. They were yeah. just like leaping into him after a certain thing, just to like Eddie Kingston's going to talk, and that's going to be like 
twenty percent of the episode. <laughs> right. No, we don't right. do anything else. Hell like yeah. nobody's gonna care about the fact that the main event was Nick Aldis and Royce Isaacs versus like uh, <laughs> Caleb Conley and the Pope. Or Shane something. Helms. Yeah. Um, it's no. Oh, I, oh no. Oh the. the, the Ken Anderson sure. looking like he's like 78 with a Zandig gut. Can oh, barely work. It's That sounds good to me. I want to see that. It was like it was a it was a real weird like temperature check for so many people. Like you could sure. tell Colt Cabana didn't have it anymore. You could tell how Oh, we're going to find out Anderson tonight was. when he wrestles Brian Danielson if he well, still has yeah, it. Yeah, if he uh, if he's not if, if he can uh, Stop dying inside just for that moment. I of, bet it's going to uh, be good. I'm so excited for that glory. match. But, uh, it, Ironically, it, it, that's also that's also the moment we decided that um, future NXT uh, Million Dollar Champion uh, uh, LA Knight, then going by Eli, Eli Drake, was the um, the, fifth, the fifth most over wrestler in was the South. Was it fifth? I heard sixth. Center. I heard sixth. No, no, no. Sixth Bobby Beverly the, is, is the best. best. Oh, yes, okay. Well, you got to bump him up just, now because he's a real cowboy. Well, they're no, they're just perpetually. Anybody else can be more or less over than them, but they are they're guaranteed to be at the fifth and sixth. Okay, gotcha. And it was just like it's one, uh, it's Eli like Dre, one and two in your heart, but we all know it yeah, can't be true. It, yeah, like the Briscoes exist. <laughs> Homicide exists. You, you, you two still beating the drum for the Briscoes, huh? Dude, they're fucking bad. I know. That's I, not the point. I'm, I gotta watch uh, those matches. Like you take like Eli Drake had been on TV for years at that point with TNA, and that's the best he ever looked. Still Ricky never seen Starks him wrestle. I only know t- him because uh, of you. St- took up like got the fire started after he'd been in fucking DDT and stuff. He'd been around. If you hadn't uh, cited the name Eli Knight or L.A. Knight or whatever, or whatever, L.A. Knight is such a sick name. If you hadn't uh, mentioned him on the show multiple times, I would not know who he was. I don't. I've never seen him wrestle. I don't know. What his he was was he in NXT like the game show years right? No 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 no. He wasn't he, one of those guys. He was he was like a Cali uh, LA uh, no, not Las He's Vegas. A North Car- we got Why are we doing He's Eli Vegas Knight? Oh, and okay. North California guy? He, right. he did a lot of uh, um. What's the, he came uh, on APW? The, and he did a lot of uh, Hollywood he, wrestling. The um sure. the future stars what, wrestling. What a great wrestling. show that was! That's where David. Uh, what the fuck is what's the the old fat guy that was the NWA champion? Ten pounds of gold. Tim Storm. Tim Storm. Tim Storm and Nick Aldis Tim, had their big. Tim match Storm there. was also very prominent in yeah. uh, the NWA. The of course, the championship wrestling from Hollywood. Um, Mama all right. Storm. Shout we, out to Mama Storm. We we gotta sh- we gotta Thunder stop Rosa talking about. We, but Thunder Rosa was, came from NWA too, well, right? So yeah, I think she and she her and Kingston fucking was great. She was the. Uh, the ace of the women's division immediately. Well, like as soon well, as she it's, had yeah, it. it's like it Serena was Deeb as well, at, right? No, 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 no. Serena did not come on until uh, Power kind of had to go off because of COVID. Okay, because uh, I remember that t- that NWA women's title match on it, AEW is really good. Well, well, first it was Allison K and like oh, the stuff. Pinky's specifically, out. I'm a fan. Yes, of course. She's and, so sweet. Uh, I met her a few times. She's so sweet. She's sweet. She like works like great. She's great. Yeah. Uh, and it was specifically for a while, like the women's division was mostly Allison, like, like lording over these people like, um, Ashley Vox or, uh, her, uh, her good friend, 
uh, Marty Bell, who um, it's 2021 and Marty Bell still can't work, but Allison so Kay will make though. sure she gets bookings so anyway. She she's, seems like a sweetheart, yeah. legitimately. Love but Marty then Bell. pro Marty Bell podcast. Thunder, Thunder Rosa shows up and instantly she's like the first really like strong heel uh, woman wrestler presence. And the matches that she has with um, uh, Allison are easily the best that women's division will ever have. And also – we ended up discovering that she had a, a series in Mexico with uh, podcast fave Sadika. Oh, and, really? Uh, it, she's doing like you Sadika mean you is... mean you mean twenty twenty one wife of the year frontrunner? Oh, Sadika? you know it, baby. But, <laughs> but uh, like Sadika is doing like twist of fates off of aprons onto car doors to Thunder Rosa, and it's like that's when you know it's like no, this is a real one. This is like, and this... she's just. She just had. She just seems like a legit person. Like I, I go. Yeah. Just like she was uh, working like group homes with uh, foster kids and stuff like that. Cool. You know, she like trained in MMA and then just she just like worked and worked and worked and then she got this shot and she fucking took it. She's mega and over. She's like she, she really is. Um, yeah. Shockingly so. If you, I mean, I know you two don't watch the weekly TV, but just watch her come out on a dark for a fucking a little squash match against whoever. And she is, you know, in the, in the five or like seven most over people on the show. Um, it's, it's pretty impressive. She's, she's, she's got an audience there. Um, I think I'll say this. I think Brit's better in this match. Um, specifically, I think gross is a very impressive wrestler though. Um, this was my first time seeing Thunder Rosa and, uh, probably first time seeing Brit, since like a random AIW show or something, um, yeah. Brit has improved massively. There, there's she no is that. so good in this match, and I think this match is a great example of. And having watched her, you know, over the over the summer and fall, um, seeing her in different matches, different sort of situations, I think she's good at working different roles. Um, the, you know, she I've, I watched her be like a plucky baby face in Pittsburgh, you know. Um, I've watched her play like a scared heel, and then here I watched her play just you know tough bitch. She's just like she kind of nails it every time. I'm I'm a Brit. I'm a Brit fan for sure. Um, I didn't expect to be. I'm a big fan of the entire women's division there. I think you know they lack the star power maybe and like some of you know the the fine tuning of. I mean, you look at the the women's roster in WWE now is just in, incredible. It's insane. It's the best it's ever been, and obviously it's being wasted. Um, yeah. But, you know, like you can't contend with Rebecca Knox at the peak of her game. I mean, maybe maybe she's maybe she sucks now, but, you know, Becky Lynch is a superstar, obviously. She's like one of the biggest stars they've made in the last 10 years. Um, Charlotte, obviously. Charlotte, you Sasha, know. Bianca. These are people. These are fucking Rhea people. Ripley, you know, Asuka. Like, it's, it's, and that's Asuka, just the, the probably, top tier. Probably the the best worker on the roster for a period of years yeah oh yeah uh, uh, during during the thunderdome era the best so AEW good at working was the like arena. a lot of people who are putting it together or or have upside like jade cargill ton of upside yeah i think tanara conti has a ton of upside yeah like and then that. you have your workers and then you just have people who just seem more i mean statlander i would call an upside figure and then like and then there's like only a few people who have uh both a and b together like uh ruby soho 
definitely yeah. has them both together. Yeah. Uh, it's it's hard. It's fucking hard to do that. And but it's not. It doesn't. It's not a bad roster at all. It's just a roster that. It's insane it, that that's the narrative that got started. That it's like, oh man, they don't really care about the women's division. They need to sign some real talents yeah. all the time. And it's like. Like I get it. Like they have Leva Bates on it sometimes, but at the same time, not anymore. Like, she's done. She's gone. I mean, she's she's there, but she's not like at, she never worked matches. Thank God. But at the same time, it's like no, they they've got people who they're legitimately developing. Like that's the number one advantage about AEW. I think there's a lot of people who are unknown variables or people who didn't really get that shot. In NXT WWE, like, yeah, obviously there's, like, people like Punk or Danielson or, you know, Jericho who have been on TV for years and years, and we already know what they're going to do. Well, they come in, and they come with the blank check that they can do whatever they want, like, and that's fine. But, like... but there's plenty of people who, like, have... Like, we just brought up Ricky Starks. Nobody heard of Ricky Starks until the NWA. And the NWA, as much of a little fucking Bush League YouTube promotion as it was, made this kid look like a fucking star. Is he another one that came up from that? I didn't realize. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Very interesting. It's interesting they tapped specifically, like, Latin American talent, right? Well, Ricky is, I think, actually black. but um... What? Oh man, that no, was uh, I love yeah, I love. Was, uh, <laughs> uh, New there Orleans, was, yeah. There was a funny um, meme on Twitter. Like somebody was putting over uh, like cool white wrestlers of AEW, and they included Ricky Starks, and he just quoted it like, "My guy." <laughs> <laughs> incredible, incredible! I had no idea. Um, For all the irony of two of uh, like, let's like, oh, like AEW, like no, they just they. AW does need more black talent. No, uh, sure, why not? Yeah, but sure. Ricky Starks is there, and you know what? Team Taz, all of the Italians and all of the black wrestlers. My favorite. I love the fact. I love the three of them. It's incredible. It's oh, I, and when it's, Hook well, finally that one shot, that one shot uh, from the skybox of Starks, uh, Hobbs, and Hook mm-hmm. was so fucking funny. Yeah, I love that shit. Yeah, uh, that's great. That's a great group. When they do finally send Hook, it's gonna be crazy. It's oh gonna be God. a moment. Um. All right. This match. I, I fucking love this match. I don't think I was really into it. I don't think there's a whole lot to talk about because I think this match just needs to be watched. Um, I do think Brit is vicious here, and I can't believe like the 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 escalation of this match that that just continues to go and you just think that yeah. they're they're done because first of all you know you've never seen a woman like really bleed on cable basic cable wrestling tv not really no 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 um maybe maybe impact maybe like there's been tnn yeah. or spike tv era maybe they were doing some knockout stuff but we don't count that i'm sorry we just yeah we like, can't count there's that there's never been there's never been a fucking double a double juice double juice yeah up. that too double blade job too because there's definitely and, and never like I'm not counting the L Ray network. Way, I'm not counting Destination America. Yeah, there's been hard way in WWE, but there's never been a blade. Sure. And this is but this is a double blade and it's fucking the blood looks phenomenal. Yeah. This and might be just like with, the best uh blade work 
honestly, of all the five matches we've done, because uh, uh, yeah, towards maybe. the towards the end, like you see, Britt has just like a full like half of her face of blood from like the hairline. She like does it good. She, yeah, she and she's just like looking like her skull is cracked open and she's grinning like a lunatic, and it is. There is a reason why, like, that was, like, easily the first match that came to my mind of, oh, we yeah. have to cover this. Because I just, like, looked at that. I'm like, there is no way I'm not going to love this match. Even though it has a wrestler, I really didn't like when she was on the indies. So oh, she's I was so good like, in this. She, so, all right. The stomp, the, the thing that gets Rosa bloody is the, the, the sort of curb stomp, Seth Rollins-style stomp of the uh, head into the stairs, which looks great. She does that spot mm-hmm. again later onto a chair. It looks even better. Like, she's laying into everything. And, you know, testament to Rosa for taking everything so well. But Britt is going fucking hard in this match. Um, and after, right after Thunder Rosa blades, Britt gives her the fucking straight knuckle punch in the hairline. Like oh, the, yeah. And it looks fucking good. She grabs her by the hair and elbows her in the neck and the ear, holds her up for the hard cam. Like, she grabs a cravat, too, which, again, uh, you know, playing on my shit, you know. She grabs a cravat and slams some knees into Rosa's face. Um, Uh, Chris Hero, my favorite wrestler of 2004, Yeah, uh, well, I was going to say, you know, Hero swallows his Cheetos and gives a hearty chuckle. I'm glad to see it, (laughs) you Brit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he's, you know, he he just inhales those things at this point. The puffs, I'm not talking about the crunchies, he just, the puffs just go straight down like Kobayashi eating the hot dogs. Um, Stephen A. Smith, baby. <laughs> they do a sloppy spot in the corner, um, it, it's all fine, everything's fine here, where things get like a little messy. I do think Rose's offense is a little light, almost, at times. The dropkick in the corner that busts Britt open could have had a little more to it. Uh, a little more on it, a little more mustard on it, you know? Eh, but, I mean, I something like that, like the bulldog onto the ladder looked fucking mm. disgusting. Yeah. I liked the, I thought the DVD looked really good. The DVD is uh, fucking nuts. The DVD is crazy. But also, the DVD is very interesting because if you watch it, and especially if you watch the replay, um, Rosa sort of lands on her feet like tentatively before, like she drops from the second rope, sort of touches feet to the ground, and then finishes the move. Like she was either worried about fucking herself up, but more likely worried about fucking Brit up too bad. So there's some... That that might be true, but there's also, like, in between all of the moves, these two are, like, fucking screaming bloody murder at each other. Well, they're and they're slapping they each look... other in the belly and the chest. Like, there's really they're... shitty... Like, not, sh- the, like, not the, shitty so good, much... but... You're feeling the trash talk. It's real. They're it being feels shitty like real to each other. Fight. Yeah, it yeah. feels it feels more like honestly, like you're watching like an old AJW match than you are watching like a modern women's pro wrestling match. Yeah. There's just like a like a like a feral quality to these girls. You're just like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to be around these two. Like these are these aren't like pretty girls. These are scary. <laughs> yeah. Like female monsters. That's and it's part like, of the the Brit like spray tan look when she's covered in blood. It is a very you don't get a lot of that. You don't I get mean, a lot and of there's, women who look there's like that. Like, bleeding even that like the even the like the little comedy touches. Um, Rebel like wiping, uh, trying to wipe the blood out of Brit's eyes, and then you look down. She like looks at her jacket and it's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> her white jacket. Like, oh, I got blood on it now. It's just like Jade Cargill in the audience with her feet up on the like. Just, it just, it just felt like a match that everybody that was fucking there for. That yeah. it just, it just felt like 
like a like a collective fucking hell yeah we're doing it crowd sounds good too and not to pat themselves on the back like hell yeah like no this is fucking it yeah this is it this is it well so they weren't they they didn't get the spot on the pay-per-view 10 days earlier this is not a title match this thing brett wins the title two months later yeah, um, and we still have never still gotten. The title. The, yeah, we've still never gotten the proper rematch, which I know they're going to get to. I know that's oh, going to be yeah. a big match. Probably, I would hope for Revolution in in February or March, or whenever that is. Um, oh, yeah. They um, they so yeah. All right, so look, the the thumbtacks obviously is sort of one of the things that got talked about the most in this. And I think another thing that got talked about a lot in this was like deathmatch fans being like, Psh, "That ain't nothing," which was kind of like a thing. Where people were like, yeah, yeah it's cool, but like it, that ain't, you know, we see bitches do crazy shit. And it was just like, I, I guess, you know, whatever. Yeah, people don't know what what wrestling is or whatever. But like... No, they, no, they have no idea what anything is. Yeah. It's like, have some, have a little bit of literacy here. And it's like, this yeah. is on TNT. Yeah. Understand the, the, the where we are and what we're doing and, and why this is so significant. And at this point, you two should also watch Brit versus Abaddon from the Halloween. Uh, oh, I want, yeah, I, oh, I want. Yeah, yeah. Which has got tax in it, but it's a, it's a, it's an, it's shorter than this. It's just as nasty. It's a, maybe a little tighter. I wouldn't put it. It's not as it's not as important as this as this match, but it's right there with it for. Gotta watch it for the Brit. Abaddon. Abaddon no selling Brit's finish by just like chomping on her hands and yeah. going full zombie mode yeah. is legitimately one of the few things uh that i've seen on the tl that's popped me extremely hard like fuck yes i do want to see that like awesome and also match. you know shout out to uh shout out to uh maho karone wherever you are wish it was you but you know hey uh like it's it's such a it's such a good like this is i know not to the fucking like play up the the uh podcast theme too heavy but this shit is gross in a way that like women's wrestling isn't allowed to be not gross in like the fucking oh it's pervy it's dirty <laughs> it's like that, 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 that like no this feels like a bad nightmare like some sort of like like a like a like a japanese splatter movie like sure. mermaid in a manhole or something like that <laughs> like, i'm just gonna start seeing like like fucking by the, by next year, I'm gonna see Tainara Conti gouge out somebody's eye, and I'm just gonna well, that's be dream, like, right? yeah, Fuck. That's hopefully the path that we're taking. And I I guess yeah, when I, I I described the the props in the match, which again ten days earlier than this, that explosion match, the props in that I felt were produced by a television production company, whereas everything here feels quite a bit dingier, you know, quite a bit just like you know, um. There's a little, there's a little thin layer of grime on everything, um, and yeah, and, then, and I, yeah. I, the finish is great. The uh, em, the the emerald explosion uh, through yeah. the off the apron, and then just Rosa just just gets up, then fucking yeah, yeah, that's right. But just it's all the, the covers. The episode. There's like there's some great cover that Brit does where where they just like arm to each other's arm. Oh, like, is that face. is like, that right, um, is that right like, after the superplex? Onto the pile uh, of chairs, yeah, I think that's right. Where she yes, just really, no. co- yeah, yeah. That, that, like, that whole sequence felt, is so good. There's just like, like you know, you know what I love? A good fucking lateral press, not the well, sure. monsoon, but yeah. man, that, you're like, oh shit. When you notice something, when you're like, yeah, this was a small moments match that made all that uh, elevated the big moments. That's the key to 
having a match like this. And they did it. They pulled it 100% off. Yeah. I fucking love this match. I was so happy Awesome. With it. Hell yeah. All right. It's, what is it, about 15 minutes? It's pretty tight, right? We got time. We got 25. No, no. How, how long is the match? Oh. It, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It might be 12, honestly. I okay. think it was really quick for everything they did. So Okay. No, I'm good on t- we're, we're no, yeah, we're, not we're, talk- we're not having that conversation, Sean. <laughs> um, not yet, at least. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, sponsored by Domino's Pizza from Fighter Fighter Fest or Fight for the Fallen Dynamite Special, July twenty yeah. eighth, uh, twenty twenty one. Nick n- one Nikki Gage, uh, MDK all F and day versus Chris Jericho, the de- the demo god, um, the pain maker. <laughs> Let's talk very briefly about this shit where they sing Judas. Uh, How the I'm fuck not... is this song over? All right, let's not. Let's not, not. Let's not. Let's not. Let's not. Let's not. Let's not. Were you pro it? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. But Good, I don't know. What, what do you even say about this? So I don't know weird. what's happening. I don't. This song doesn't sound like anything. I don't. I don't know, man. I don't get it. I, I don't know I'm how this happened. It. Uh, I guess Jer- Jer- Jericho just fucking registers with people, even when he absolutely shouldn't. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I find it. Char- I guess I find it kind of charming, like when MJF wouldn't let him come out to the music, and, oh, the, and they all funny, sang it. Yeah. Like I think that's kind of like that's playing off of it well, but I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It's inexplicable that they can do it with now, fucking Fozzie song. I will say this: me and Siobhan, Misha, I don't know if you know this. Me and Siobhan are both on the record as loving it in progress. Remember progress <laughs> when one Jimmy Havoc would come out to that AFI song, and they would. Mm. Siobhan and I used to we used to watch those shows together and we would sing Jimmy Havoc's AFI song along with the progress faith I don't fucking know (laughs) <laughs> I'm, an a, I'm an AFI yeah, fan. You I just don't know what song you like. Yeah, nerd. it's uh, a. Fuck look it. off. <laughs> I also, I also have a, an affinity for, uh, you know, it's it's. I hope you suffer is the song. I don't know it. Right. I used to, I used to remember when the crowd would chant with it. Me and Siobhan used to really like progress. That was our, that was what our, we initially bonded over. And this show was supposed to be, <laughs> yeah, about that. Um, but then Wrestling it turned out is gross. That was too gross, apparently. Um, and we, yeah. Uh, all right, so Tony K couldn't get the for whom the bell tolls, I guess. Uh, but Gage's music is fine, I guess. And Justin Roberts doing the intro uh, for him, like the TV fourteen version of the MLJ Nick Gage yeah. op- intro, is great. I love it. Um, we already talked about MJF and his weird thing where he puts people through trials and tests. Um, I don't think there's much to talk about there. It's weird. It's weird I, that they keep I doing will, that. I will say. MJF on commentary is like kind of perfect for this match because he's obviously putting over the thing that uh, Gage is his mercenary and he's screaming abuse at him like a dickhead, like rich kid boss. But also him coming out with the popcorn and just sounding so enthusiastic for every gross spot is like – that is the perfect translation of selling the Gage to somebody because you literally have somebody – having the reactions of somebody who loves Gage just going like, oh, oh, right. so good. Oh, <laughs> and Jim Ross just being like, this whoa. sick, maniacal man. It's definitely better than whatever Callus was doing on that other match. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, not, not, not a one-to-one similar role, but kind of, you know. Um, yeah, Gage looks awesome. Gage looks he, like he doesn't have the ripped up shorts. It's weird because Gage is here and also he's got TV shorts on. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know his like shoes are not all fucked up. 
I, I guess maybe not everybody notices the fact that Gage wore the same ripped up shorts for four years in a row. Oh, yeah. Um, but I certainly well, noticed. The lucky shorts. Yeah, yeah. yeah we I, did. I think, I, I think he had to retire those after COVID. I imagine that, like, when he came back, he was probably like. Legally. Nah, man, nah, man. You know, like, different different era now. Different era. Gotta, like. Yeah. Put it in the real effort, man. Like, fucking, gotta do better than Jimmy fucking Lloyd. Fucking piece of shit. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing also, is he comes back from that in- injury, um, and he he should have some nice gear, because it's gonna fucking look good to cover up some of his broken down, like, the dude cannot I mean, move anymore. He's got a bum wheel, but he's still, he's he's got, eff- he's efforting it, and oh, yeah. he's, he looks, he looks in shape, though. He does look in shape. It doesn't look like he... So he just got depressed or whatever. Well, you know, how... I, I don't think he could let himself do that again after prison right. and him gaining all the weight. Because well, I, we've talked about this briefly. Spit... That he doesn't. He took his shirt off in every single match after he got out of jail in 2015. After he got out of prison, yeah. And then he went back in, came back, and he never took his shirt off again. And the and but I'll tell you what. Have you watched him versus Sadika from Houston, the GCW show? Not yet. No. You got to get to that. Sadika rips his shirt off and rips her own shirt off. And they, it's crazy. It's fucking oh. crazy. Um, it's the first time Nick Gage has had his shirt off in a wrestling match in like years because <laughs> she I'm, ripped I, it I, off I, of him. I, I I'm sorry, I'm he... focusing on that for all the wrong reasons. No, it's like... great. It's great. You got to see it. You got to <laughs> see it. Listen, there's no wrong reasons on this podcast. I mean, I think it's just <laughs> Gage is just—he's uh, a pale motherfucker. He doesn't—he looks weird without a shirt on. He does, but but he doesn't know. look like. I—I I don't think it was that he suddenly got back out of shape, though. He's—he looks in good shape now, better in shape now. It's just like. He's just well. I'll say, pasty dude. In July in Houston, he didn't look ripped like he did in 2015. But I wasn't surprised by that. But still, it's yeah. interesting. Um, all right. So obviously, Gage is on television, and that's in fucking insane. Um, I don't. I th- I think there have been plenty of posts that were just like, "Isn't it crazy that this happened? Wow." You know, I don't think we need to do that. Um, you know what's crazy? The opening spot with him just slashing Jericho's arm with the fucking pizza cutter. Yeah, a legit. When the fu- I don't remember that. I can't remember him doing that in an indie match ever. It wouldn't fit. It wouldn't fit, but it this is a different awesome. The hierarchy here, where Jericho has to be. People don't wrestle most of the time when people wrestle Nick Gage. They're not afraid of him, or at least they're not, they're pretending not to be. You know. Yeah. Um, like even Ryder, which again, that's a match you should definitely watch too, because the Ryder match is fantastic. Um, Ryder did not, you know, come in tentative like Jericho did here. Um, I mean, it's like to, to your point that like a lot of the deathmatch fans were just like, man, whatever. It's just Nick Gage at this point. Like, I think people forget. Like, um, do you remember when people forget Vix? People, people forget wrinkly Vicks, old balls. But- do you remember when Patricia Arquette? Um, well, was it Patricia? I remember or, uh, everything. Patricia. Patricia Patricia Arquette, Arquette retweeted the video clip of Gage almost yeah. killing uh, David. Yeah, and she, you know all of her fans were just like you know like Lifetime moms or whatever were like, why in the why would someone do this to themselves? This is barbaric. This is blah blah blah. And it's like as much as we talk about like you know like. People understand deathmatch wrestling. There was the Gage episode on Vice and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Like, there Which was around this time. Huge, there's such a huge fan base that has never seen anything like this. Like, like, like kids are gonna see this. You know, like, uh, well, like just right. random channel surfers are gonna see, and the first thing they see is Chris Jericho, <sighs> a guy who's like 
famous. Not a huge star. He but is, like, but he, he is. is no, he's been around forever. He's the fucking first right. ever undisputed champion. Please show respect. If oh no, no, no! Still, if you're a ca- if you're a casual fan in uh, 2021, Jericho will always will still make you be like fucking Jericho. He's Fuck. like one of the, he's like one of the like 30 most famous wrestlers of the last 30 of all years. Time, I'm not I'd say I'd dissing say. him just because I he mean, has crossover well, stuff. I think he depending is. on depending on who when you're alive and shit like that. But also what I just mean is like he is still somebody where you're just like looking and it's like that guy just like fucking like cut his arm almost off and he's just like grabbing it like it's just like and the blood is there and you're just like what the yeah, fuck it's crazy. is this it's fucking this crazy is, this is legitimately like the one of the most violent things that has been on wrestling tv for probably the last 15 years and even in just in wrestling like the closest thing that's gotten to this in mainstream wrestling is like the fucking Ambrose Asylum match. So think about the disparity between like <laughs> Jericho taking a bunch of thumbtacks and getting attacked that. by a cactus and Jericho getting like fucking like multiple forms of glass and metal just like fucking piercing his body. It's insane to think about how much of a riptide this is. Yeah, I mean it is it is crazy. Uh it is it, it I'll say this, this is a tough match for like a broken down Nick Gage to have to work also because he has he he treats Jericho with a lot of respect. Uh there's a lot of smoke and mirrors stuff going on here, but there's also a lot of raw like actual weaponry stuff going on here too. Um, there's also but he also lacks the uh like normally at this point in uh, indie wrestling if you're working a deathmatch, you have crew around. He like he pulls in a PA guy or something. Someone just be like, yeah, give right. me some tubes. I can't he, get all these fucking tubes. And he, and he and he K faves it by like fucking hitting and bullying the K, to the the fucking uh, crew yeah. guy. And it, it looks like all of a sudden like Nick Gage is just this hostile like. Met- uh, so this is a really corny thing to talk about. I am sorry for going on this rift. Uh, like when I was on Tumblr. Uh, like <laughs> friend, friend of the show Tara and a and a mutual friend of hers uh, went on this weird extended riff about what would happen if Lars von Trier made a movie about Nick Gage. It was like they, <laughs> they started debating. Okay. They started debating if if Lars von Trier or Terrence Malick would be the better person to direct a movie about Nick Gage. And it's just this idea of like he feels to certain people like this uncontrollable form of violence like it's just like this is you know it's like the uh bruiser brody or necro butcher effect where you're just like this that's kind of weighing down in wrestling now because he's kind of just like uh i don't want to say matured or uh been defanged but he's become more of a normal guy he's humanized for, I don't for, know. For, I don't know. You watch that Cardona match. You watch first of all him come out, and you watch the reactions, and you watch the visceral fuck. And when he cuts him up, I don't know. Oh, I think not, he still has saying, it. But, I, but he, I'm not saying he doesn't have it. I'm just saying he feels more like a star and less like an abomination. Whereas here, it's like I I'm actually really happy that a lot of people like were just like there was like a slight backlash from like fans who were just like. Man, this is just not my thing. I don't know about all this. This this Nick Gage is just weird. I you know what? That's good because it proves that he still has the power to shock 
and repulse people because that like only proves his value more. The idea that he's something yeah. where it's just like you're looking at Nick Gage like he's Abdullah the Butcher in fucking 72. Like you're just like, <laughs> oh, this just makes me feel unpleasant. I don't like he's scary. Like what? No, like that's like that's so vital in wrestling where everything is just kind of like, yeah, it's it's fun. And AEW yeah, needs sure. the idea that like what makes them different is they'll, they'll just do this. They'll fucking Absolutely. do this. No, there's like, yeah, this fucking, this scary motherfucker who, like, for all you know, was fucking straight up murdered people. Yeah, he's here. He's on TV. Why wouldn't yeah. he be? Well, and the, and they had the Vice thing was like a week or two before this too, so he had already like reached a, an audience uh, that mm. you know were excited. Like that all happened, you know. Uh, of course, uh, Tony Khan uh, is uh, bankroll and vice. We all know this, and and it's mm. they're using it to defame WWE at every turn. Yeah. We all know this. Um, yeah, I I guess it is it is pretty shocking when he pulls out those light tubes. Like the the pizza cutter is one thing, but when he pulled out the tubes, I was pretty surprised. Um, yeah, and then the pizza cutter. You know, look to the face, to the head. It's not he doesn't cut him up like Little Life Louie or whatever. It's probably a little. It's yeah. probably a little duller than that one was. I hope. Um, we're talking about a, a rock star here. It's the, it's the yeah. money maker. That's the pain maker. Um, but it was very they shocking. They might respect him a little more at those Sturgis uh, Super Spreader Fests next year. <laughs> yeah. uh, left those cuts, but yeah. Do, do you think he wore the paint at the Sturgis? <laughs> Oh, I hope he wore the mask. The mask. I forgot oh. the mask. What a cool guy. What a fucking in The fucking inverted color mask. The, the fedora. The mood NWO look. He looks so great. Wild. He looks great. Uh, the, the pizza cutter leading into the Domino's commercial in picture in picture so and he's it's literally on picture in picture while he's cutting him with the pizza cutter and then on the on, in the commercial you see someone using a pizza cutter to cut a pizza in the same shot it's you know and they claimed it wasn't planned and i don't have an opinion on that i it, if it's if it's a happy accident it's wonderful if it's planned it's just as wonderful i think it's it's just like you don't want to get over how depraved someone is just have someone just show an ad yeah. Where someone is just casually doing it at their fucking crappy job. Yeah. <laughs> but with a smile on their face. And he's got a smile on his fucking face, too, because this is his job. Well, he's licking he's the pizza cutter. Stabbing, he's, yeah, he's, he's, like, stabbing, kissing it. <laughs> he's stabbing Chris Jericho in the fucking face. He's literally so. licking the pizza cutter, which wouldn't get you fired from AEW, but will get you fired from Domino's, presumably. What the fuck? Oh. <laughs> oh, what was it like wrestling Otani back in the day? Oh, it was great, Nick. Oh, you fucking, fucking. Oh, all right, I'm gonna get you right above the eye. Oh, yeah. I'll say this: he gives him he the boot a, scrape. He's so having, he does give he him the, such a good time. the lightest boot scrape I've ever seen. Uh, speaking of Otani, uh, early on, um, and that's like Gage just being professional, you know. Um, and it so, might also. He he kind of came into that with a waddle, so that might also be yeah, that's sure. the problem. Like effect yeah. the broken he hasn't had surgery. Yeah, possible. he hasn't had surgery on it. He's I hope I, that's kind of why I want him. I, that's primarily the primary reason I want him to sign with AEW. So Tony will just pay for him to have fucking surgery yeah. on his shit, nice. <laughs> and he can just rest up for a little while. I don't know where he fits in there. I don't know how you do that, but there's Team Taz. Where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah, Team Taz. That's always the answer. Oh, yeah. fuck. Yeah. Hook and Nick Gage. Yeah, there you go. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, 
All right. Talk to Uncle Nicky about this. There's a pane of glass, a top rope Frankenstein through the glass. Looks great. Uh, Spectacular overhead shot. Again, this has never happened on television before. Um, And, you know, again, this is a one-off for Nick Gage, I mean, at this point. But, you know, sometimes AEW has these one-time acts come in for, like, a spectacular singular performance. And it's, you know, people will remember this. Again, I, a, a, a woman at Sam's Club, working at Sam's Club asked me about my MDK shirt and said she was a big John Moxley fan and she'd seen Nick Gage wrestle Jericho and she knew about MDK um, at Sam's Club, the, the self-check girl. Um, yeah, it's, it's fucking crazy. He goes for the code breaker, Gage just slams him in the glass, and then he breaks the light tube over his back um, and then went over his head and I just couldn't believe it was happening. Like, I just, I really couldn't believe it um, that Chris Jericho would do that. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, I never would have guessed. Uh, this pile driver in the glass. And you, know, and you know what? Good for this old fucking fool committing. Yeah. Like, he just went for it. He's like, Yeah, you got to respect Terry that. Funk could do that. I could be like Terry Funk. I'd love to be like Terry Funk. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Terry Funk ever did light tubes, did he? No, no. Probably, probably fucking not. Probably not. Uh, I don't know when that would have happened. Maybe. I don't know. It'd be an interesting thing to look into. Um, Onita taking the tubes in that Tremont match. I had never seen that before. I'd never seen no, it even swing wild. tubes. Yeah, it's crazy. The exploding yeah. light tubes. Love that shit. Um, all we'll right. We'll talk about it. Yeah. We will talk about the, it. Uh, the Gage like, stabs him with a piece of the tube, you know, and like it's all it's all crazy. And it's like uh, Tony says, oh, yeah. Tony goes out and gets two bundles of, uh, of four tubes. And Tony Schiavone says... Uh, boy, this is the place to be every week, isn't it? And then he's met with complete, <laughs> complete silence. Nobody, and he just says, "Is it not?" <laughs> Tony Schiavone, oh, one of the main what? characters of this podcast at this point is Tony Schiavone. Oh, absolutely. He's the, I can't he's remember if MJF told Tony to shut up at that point, but that's also good, just because I'm just imagining Tony Schiavone as like the the Are You Winning Son Dad, like. Oh boy! Like this cage of death stuff sure is exciting. Dad, shut the fuck up! <laughs> no, the I think they were bonding. I think in this moment they bonded. I think this is the one time Tony Schiavone and MJF got along is when they were both like, you know, it's the the handshake meme, and Tony Schiavone's the black guy. Um, yeah, uh, he is Italian. <laughs> canonically, yes. <laughs> uh, Jericho, uh, the finish of this fucking rules. Uh, he hits the fucking poison mist. Which I guess is a move that Jericho has been doing for a few years now. I don't know. I don't know yeah. what his de- what his deal is anymore. We need the uh, we need the Jericho move the match at some point. We but do. We need it in Noah. In, it's got to be in Noah. In Noah, and we need a flaming uh, pain maker. Yeah, yeah, is the thing. We could do that. Yeah, I'm sure we could. Flaming, yeah, flaming code breaker to the face. Uh, and then Muda, but then Muda has like the mask on, like from the early 2000s, and he takes it off, and then he misses Jericho. It'd be great. Fireproof but mask. But no, but then also, mask. but also, yeah. last thing we need is who randomly shows up from another company, Yoshitatsu, to give Chris <laughs> Jericho the code breaker by Chris like Jericho oh. into the fire. You know, it's 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 cyclical. You know, into the fire. Ah. Uh, yeah, the mist, and then he busts some tubes over his head. He hits the Judas effect. Um, I thought the first half of this match, before they like went to the crazy stuff, I thought like Gage sort of selling for Jericho, like regular offense. I thought there was a little clunkiness there, but once this starts going, it does not stop, and it's crazy. And, but- you know, foremost, 
fucking spectacle. Total spectacle. That's what you want. That's what you want. Yeah, they nailed it. TV main event. Uh, speaking of uh, main event time. Main event time. All right. Let's. Oh. I don't know if I have a whole lot to talk about with this match, but I. These are my. These are the guys. These are my boys. So. From, from Full Gear in Minneapolis, Minnesota, November 13th, 2021. Possibly the quickest turnaround we've ever had on a match. The fastest from, I've uh, rewatched a match in years. <laughs> yeah. We have Eddie Kingston versus CM Punk. Uh, uh, this Phil. Is... Phil. It's Edward and Phil. I, I guess, yeah. He does look like he's crying on the way to the ring, right? Did... He's clutching the rosary. You can feel – I can see it, yeah. that idea of him just being like, no. But... He's definitely puffy-eyed and manic, which is yeah. part of the Eddie Kingston character now where he's like – every match he's like some kind of religious fanatic suddenly or he's like off his meds energy, mm-hmm. which is like – you know, there's there's some things to be said about playing up that for a guy who's like extremely sensitive – but also, like, if he is working it, it's his thing to work, and he works it excellently. And also, it makes him – so this is a funny thing. Like, at a certain point, I know – like, Siobhan pointed it out to me that it was being worked like that. But it's really funny how, technically speaking, you go into this match, no one fe- – it, it sort of feels like Eddie is maybe the heel, but then very clear quickly it turns into – punk working heel and eddie being the baby face somehow it's just fascinating how that dynamic manages to work considering this is again a guy who's like freaking out about how much this guy doesn't respect him and laughing and crying all the way <laughs> through his matches like a lunatic right it's very it's very unhinged but in a beautiful way well it's hard to say exactly how much of the reaction they got was planned you know because i i i can't imagine i mean again cm punk coming back and 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 getting a heel reaction like this um and not not an entrance you know it happens in the match and that's the thing yeah um obviously the opening parts of this are like very hot with the 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 snuck in back fist um before the bell even rings yeah and then punk flips him off and the bell sounds as kingston like slides dives at him and takes him out to the floor and he's like ripping at his ear um like it's it's just off to the races you know and i guess eddie is a you know he's not gonna be able to like stand up to punk on a on a star level there's no one who can really do that um, so he just kind of has to do it with, you know, raw, just energy. And I think even in a place like the twin cities, that kind of raw energy can, even if you've never even seen Eddie Kingston and you've grown up watching CM Punk on TV and you've never seen Eddie Kingston, I think you're watching this and you immediately get it. And I, and I, I, I think they did plan for Punk to be, I can't imagine Punk didn't have the five the five knuckle shuffle bit planned, right? Yeah. You don't improvise the, that. Or him like doing the, uh, sh- incredibly swaggerless free amigos spot at, at, at the point when he had taken right. control and was, it was like, they were, they had been cheering for Eddie Kingston. Yeah. Like he, he knew he had it. He, he just, I, I, I think it's just a case where if you're too, if you're too smart wrestlers, uh, you can like read your dynamic well enough to know 
Yeah. And you know within like the first minute and a half. Yeah. Where if, even if you haven't planned it 100%, that you just like – you're going to go off the way – you're gonna feel it, yeah. And if they're cr- if you're getting a dueling chant, then you go for fuck. You make Eddie the babyface. Sure. Even, even if it's just a dueling chant. Well, and I'm sure Punk is the best way. Punk is probably dying to play heel. He, yeah, he, he even always if he is, preferred that anyways. If I, I'm sure, I, 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 he seems like he's having a ton of fun with the run he's doing. But I'd like, oh, sure. but the idea of him getting to just be like, I'm fucking CM Punk. I, I'm above. I'm not above this, but I am. I am the ascendant son. Yeah, I get to do what I, I do want. What I want. Yeah, where I'm calling it. I'm heel right now. Yeah. All right. And they he do it. is. Uh, I, I think he That's has totally been playing filled. into that in recent promos as well. Sure. So I wouldn't be surprised if like um, I know he keeps like vague, vague talking about old beasts in the locker room, which like who even fucking knows who that is at this point. But like if Luke we get Dolores. to say. You know, uh, like he's, he's, you know, but if he if he manages to get like uh, a Jericho match, because I know they sure. had like kind of a falling out after Punk vanished and like he was kind of dissing Jericho on like Colt's podcast for trying to get uh, the Punk interview. All right. Like, come on, bro. Let's talk about it. Like that's a big money match. I mean, that's the that's the two biggest stars in the company. That is something where like. Jericho is is kind of leaning babyface right now enough that like even if Punk was like working it heel it would be like enough people would like be rooting for Punk against Jericho and it wouldn't feel like a heel thing mm-hmm. but simultaneously enough people would be rooting for Jericho against Punk and it also wouldn't feel like a heel thing it's that rare moment where just like hits the sweet spot and the tension of this like sort of animosity between these two guys demanding respect from one another, it would be like just effortless. Also, I would like it if it just turns out he really wants to bully the fuck out of Colt and that finally gets Colt. Over. <laughs> oh somehow. my God. That's the dream is that, that somehow mean... we, somehow we end up with the sincere Colt versus CM Punk feud. I, and, 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 you know, I again, I've talked about this a bunch of times. I wonder if they're speaking. I feel like if somebody, I feel, I think Teddy said, um, if they had buried the hatchet, we would have seen a post. We would have seen something. So yeah, I don't. Colt know. would have milked that for like days by now. So you would have at least posted it for the clout, for the likes. Yeah, but then again, at the same time, if someone tells you from high above, don't do right. not. Do so not, that's the, do not. What if what? Yeah, then there's right. that. We're, we're, we're going to see a fucking proper Colt Cabana TV singles match with with the greatest wrestler in the world tonight. So um, mm. we'll see. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, and I mean, here's here's the thing about like it occurs to me that like Punk when he went to UFC, the reason he the real reason he went to UFC and wanted to do that was not because he wanted to be a shoot fighter or anything like that. It was that he'd just be himself, whatever that meant. If he was a baby face uh, for for. Uh, like like a matchup, then he was a babyface in in the way in the way he'd right. be talking. Well, he, was, and, he, yeah. he would never he wouldn't have to stick with any. He would just be him. He's That's back, sort and of he's the way with... he's been doing it, and that works for him. That's always worked best for him. Yeah, that he can be what he wants to be. Yeah, because he can because he can change depending on the room. Yeah, um, he's yeah yeah he's he's started a program with MJF last week, I think. So like you know. Mm-hmm. Um, back to being a, a baby face for now. Who knows? And and meanwhile, Danielson uh, all of a sudden is a heel against uh, the Dark Order. So 
we're at a time where it doesn't matter anymore. This, these things, a turn isn't a turn. It's what, what even is it anymore? What's a baby face or a heel? True, uh, true. Finding this, finding the right time and, and, and playing off the room, which is what this match does so well. Um, and punk is fucking harsh in this. There's a single like sliding single foot drop kick on the apron that just like is mm-hmm. nuclear, just kicks right through his face. Um, the blood from punk comes off of a post bump, which is, you know, we love that. It's Memphis. Classic. Um, and it's a good, it's a good post bump. He looks good. It's not full, you know, build on D, but it's pretty good. Um, and it's gotta be the first punk blade job in like 14 years, maybe. Um, Sally, I think was said that was as the, uh, the biggest punk mark of them all because she wants that punk mark. Mm. Uh, said that it was and it was the last time that uh, he gotten away with it when he had the little cage match with Lawler back in 2011, and I guess they just didn't let they just sort of went with oh, it. Oh, yeah, they, I kind of remember that. That that maybe he ate a fine or something. For no, it. yeah, I remember. I remember the the thread on, on PWO where we were like everybody was convinced that he definitely bladed. Yeah, okay, sure, interesting. Is that 2011? Just, I guess that's yeah, 11. Yeah, man, Lawler's Lawler's run in 2010, 2011, the Miz matches. What a time! Um, what a fucking time! The the, the I, strap match, him and uh, Jr. versus Jack Swagger and Michael Cole. Who could forget? Um, <laughs> it's just like Punk. Just like, and somehow I've worked myself back into being like, no, I I got Punk dream matches. Now, of course, they are Punk uh, Devin Moore and Punk <laughs> David Arquette, but that's just that's just the media I've consumed recently that makes sure. me think I want to see this old fuck against these like opposite ver- like mirror verse versions of himself. Sure. Or well, he's, he is good in this though. Aren't in shape. Him but shouting. So- now we go to school motherfuckers. And like, just like, you know, he, he looks good with blood in his face. I mean, it's such a silly thing to keep saying, but it's like, People in AEW seem fucking happy with what they're doing, man. Well, it's you know what's fun what? is when they when they yell "fuck" off of my off microphone in mid match. Yeah, like when Dustin Rhodes uh, called Brian Danielson a motherfucker on TV, <laughs> like super loud. It's the best. It's so good. I love it when they cuss. I love it when the wrestlers get to cuss. Um, and Vince seems to understand that because he's letting the NXT people uh, do crazy stuff. I think. <laughs> um. Yeah, all right. So the, the mere fact that we get Eddie Kingston toe-to-toe with the last true superstar of wrestling and they get, like, 50-50 chant and then blend it into a heel performance for Punk is really incredible. I think it's a testament to the relevance of this company and the booking and also to the audience that is able to do this. Because I, I don't know if a St. Paul, Minneapolis audience for WWE is going to do this. I don't think they, I don't think they will. I don't think they're going to also, you know, this match went like 12 minutes or something. It's, it was it's the shortest, like the match, shortest on the show. match on the show. And, um, and they, and it's a minimalist match pretty much. And they just, yeah, fuck, it is very, that's minimalist. just fucking Ringcraft. That's just two guys who get it. And have gotten it since day one or day two. Yeah. And you're just like, fuck, that's great. Do you, you two like the, uh, the, the lazy blue thunder and Cena tease? Because I love oh, that yeah. spot. Oh yeah, I no, I thought that was a lot of fun. Him just being, him just just being, just sticking around, just yeah. being. Tony just says, "How about that shit. visual?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then yeah, they flip each other off, and there's a great picture that I'm thinking I'm gonna have Emily draw of that. Um, Punk just mounts him and punches him, and it's just so it's so good. Um, they 
you know, they do a hockey fight in this one that's really good. I think the hockey fight in this is just as good as those get in American wrestling now. Um, Punk punches square, uh, punches King square in the jaw. Um, and this is my favorite where the, the, the look on Eddie's face as he sticks out his tongue and flips in the double bird. Um, after that, just shoot punch in the mouth, um, is awesome. Punk comes off the ropes and then he does, uh, the Kawada combo, the boot and the insigiri. Uh, fucking insecure. I was so happy. With yeah. That. And he's obviously he's so wearing cool. the yellow and, and black, um, which is by now Kingston, but you know, last year at full gear, he wore the Masawa colors against Moxley. Um, which is also a cool match. Um, and then he mimes. All right. So this is the greatest, right? This is my, I, I keep saying this is my favorite part of the match, but there's like four of them. Fuck. He mimes the punk go to sleep pose. And then he does a jacking off. Motion, jacks himself off. Baby. Which, I died at that. Yeah. I gotta say, I don't remember Kawada ever doing that. <laughs> I don't it's, think it's such a full, like it's right here. It's right fucking here moment. <laughs> so it's incredible. Like, I, and I, uh, I can't remember anybody ever doing a jack-off motion in a mainstream like wrestling match ever, either. <laughs> so for it to be Eddie Kingston against a, a bloody CM Punk. Uh. Um, and then, yeah, they do the, what? There's uh, just a series of, of knees and elbows. There's a GTS that sets up the second gts i don't know it's it's just you know it, basic it works uh it, it works without them having to do a cover on it because then he gets the ropes yeah it just goes just nice that's for me that is a minimal that's a little king's road at this point that's not that's not controversial that's a little they're point. walking the road a little bit when they do that they're when walking he, the road yeah when he goes to the ropes and then the the rest of the match is just him getting him up for a second one and that's when he finishes it that's that's king's road kind of you you should you you guys you have to watch danielson versus kingston um, oh, we're going, we're going to. Everybody oh, we're loved that yay high Kingston match and was like, oh, this is American King's Road. Fuck yeah. off. No way. That match has nothing on this match. Um, well, I always said that was Ameri- That was more Carl, Carl Cox and versus Dick Murdoch than King's Road. That was Road, your take, of course. You were, you were very vocal about that. I remember that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't. Not just because that, just the idea of that abuses me so much. Yeah. But yeah. I just genuinely, that was the vibe I got from that. Aside, add one, add one uh, double stomp spot and that, but then it might as well be that match. Well, the Kingston, Kingston is doing things here in AEW now that just like, I, it, it's crazy that he's allowed to do it. That match with him and Miro is also really incredible. And he's going to, he's going to uh, wrestle Garcia on Friday and that's going to be fucking awesome. That's a completely different dynamic for him. Um, regardless of your, you know, how you feel about Dana Garcia. This, and that is a completely different one dynamic. Has to, has to, has to be into it because it is her getting to kick Benny the butcher in the face. So she, she knows this, you it's, know, this. it's, it's good. It's going to be know good. This. You should watch him and punk. It's so good. Holy shit. Dana Garcia I'm, versus I'm, Sam punk is incredible. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. Uh, well, punk is really good at making, he's working really hard to put over these like green rookies, you know, these guys who like, you know, have had one year of experience and well, they have their, I, their buddy in rock bands who likes to okay. uh, give 16 year old girls, angry dragons, do your uh, thing now. Minoru Suzuki matches. So, you know, it's, Hey, like this is this is good for Daniel. This I don't know. Any, I maybe, don't know anything about Daniel Garcia uh, except for that he had a day, really good match with uh, with CM Punk, and he's gonna have a really good match on Friday with Eddie Kingston. So, and maybe one day Daniel Garcia will be 
actually better than Dominic Garini and deserve to have been signed. But until then, he I can think... just go back to being uh, hmm. Pepper Parks's bitch boy. So I don't think any of that tracks a single bit, but you know, <laughs> you know, we've, that's fine. We've watched the matches. We've watched. His ICW. I'm just staring run. the cauldron. I'm just staring the cauldron here. Listen, when when Matt Bukowski is objectively a better looking wrestler than you, I'd wonder if there's any reason for you being signed other than your trainer being friends with the Bucks. Mm. But what are you gonna do? I think that uh, the work shows on TV if you watch it, and I have. So I think it shows. I think you show your work, and it shows. Um, Daniel Garcia. Stamp certified good. Sorry, Misha. Um, the uh, the the she finish. Just Buffalo so much. The finish is uh, cool. Where I, I do like the 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 two GTSs and then just it's over. I think a lot of people were pissed off about this one. Um, a lot of people thought Kingston should have won, and I think me personally, I was mad that this didn't continue a feud. Um, but I hope that somewhere down the line we get more of these guys. Um, Jr. says uh, after the finish, he says. There's like some silence. There's a little bit there where he just he just punches in. He says, "What a goddamn fist fight," which Hell is yeah. just a great you know like then a genuine Jr. call. Um, and again, look, I, I I don't think Punk can drop any falls to anyone right now. I just, Not immediately. It, I, he couldn't. I, I maybe maybe Kingston is a good person to take his first. You know, maybe well, maybe come back to this. Yeah. Well, no, no. I mean, like, uh, so, so here's the here's the thing. A number one, I kind of hope that they figure out who Eddie can actually get a like a legitimate pay per view win over already because it's like, you know, he's taking L's to yeah. like fucking like Miro to Brian to Punk. And those are all like, stars, as, though. Like, where is what is his spot in the hierarchy? I still don't. Yeah, know. I, I, I kind of want him to at least get like some sort of a big win. He's and got it's to. like, I he needs he needs to take out somebody just to like reestablish himself. I think the TNT and title I, would be good for him. I think like you know, it, it could very well be. I and or even like if he ends up having a feud with Ricky, since I know that they have the history with the NWA and everything, those two could probably play off each other really well. It's sure. just, he needs, he yeah, needs, he, he deserves a win, but getting to the punk issue, it's just, I jokingly uh, said how punk is probably not going to let anyone uh, <laughs> get a win on him. Like a joke. Week ago. It was such a big joke. Yeah. It was a joke because it was really funny, but also like, I do imagine the the situ- when when it comes down Brit's to the situation, yeah, Britt's great. When it comes down to the situation where like Kenny and Punk are gonna end up in a feud, and one of the other has to take the L to the other, that's gonna be such a funny thing. When Punk inevitably pulls Kenny's card and says, "Buddy, you never worked a real company." <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I I I can't even picture that match. Like that's the kind of that's. They've done so well to try to keep some of these people away from each other. I mean, it's been a couple of months, but it's pretty clear they don't want Punk to be meddling in the main event scene just yet. Um, even though he's undefeated, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's 
it's interesting what they're what they're doing and i don't know where they take any of it that's kind of the crazy thing is i don't know i don't really see a path forward for any of this that isn't just like you know dream match stuff and all kind of fizzles out like i'm 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 very hopeful but i also don't really know what the hell i do with any of this they're they're yeah. kind of flying by the seat of their pants but that's not a bad thing yeah it's no not. it's just you you just want you, you but you know if you are a company that has put like has built some goodwill you just can't get in that wwe spot of like where guys can't afford to fucking lose yeah. that is the fit that's yeah. the great terror for modern wrestling is having matches where guy, not a guy can afford to lose they can't have that and they haven't gotten there yet but you just if they you just got you, you know it's hard to not worry it's hard to not worry yeah, they got yeah. they got so much talent, and then it's just things, and then but then the chains move slowly sometimes. Well, and now we got Kenny going away. Hangman's the champion, who and he's not a star. Nobody thinks. I mean, like, what? Who? What yeah, even? He, what the fuck even is he? That he's guy? he's cool. Here's the thing: when AEW had its first year, the big reports were like guys like hangman felt like bigger stars than even say somebody like a lot of indie fans thought was an obvious star like darby so it's like the aew core fan base they built right really into the idea of hangman and i see that for people people like us it's like kind of far-fetched and i also question how long this is going to last but it's also like and now it's if anything, like I pointed out with people like uh, Thunder Rosa, like Eddie really getting his moment of ascension, like the advantage AEW has is they can make these people who were never really anything of like note in other companies really shine. It's just that it's a matter of doing it right. And another problem that has been plaguing AEW low key is that there's a certain, uh, you know, not to gild the lily on the pun too heavy, elite membership that is kind of suffocating some of the divisions for their sure. own benefit. Uh, let, let, we can just be honest. I think that the Bucks are possibly, as workers, the biggest detriment to this company now. Not for their matches, but just how they've been unable to allow themselves to feel like like Cody is we just talked about Cody willingly making other people look good. Kenny is happy to make other people look good, but these guys are now creating this hierarchy and they're they're hoganing it up basically. And, and, it's and like, I mean they started with that with like uh EYFBO coming in and saying, Yeah, we don't care about the titles, we want the best, meaning the Bucks. That whole tag division has been born under a bad sign. I don't know. They and I don't know what you do with these two. Uh, with and that, it's just they're, hard. They're already they're already dissolving tags. Like they, Dante Martin is now going to end up being a solo star, and like it's great for him, but it also means his brother is like not really doing anything by comparison. When meanwhile they were like the best young prospect tag team well, to come what, up for. With that, like, that, I mean, that there's okay, a whole I lot going on there, and they can, ACL. And, but they can also, back. there's also a lot back. of stuff they can do with that story, especially with Leo Rush injected into it as the, that's true. Yeah, you know, like no, there's, there's, true. there's stuff, there's, I, I think the, the tag division is one of the worst parts of, of AEW. So, I mean, look, the revival, yeah. the FTR, like those guys are awesome, but I don't, I don't want to watch them work the, 
the Lucha Bros, you know? Like, that's not the... The the Bucks mindset of tag team wrestling has infected the rest of that tag team roster. All of those matches are 20 minutes of intricate bullshit, and it's not enough just, you know, hot tags and old old school shit, you know? Tag team wrestling. Um, But again, whatever. That's my personal taste. Whatever. People like that stuff. That's fine. At some point, it'll eat itself. Those guys can't keep doing that forever. I, I... it's secondary. I think what the really interesting thing will be to see how long this hangman shit goes on. If they, because they got to either pull the trigger on Brian as a champion now and, and, and by result, as a result, Brian as a heel, uh, which if you watched last week's dynamite, you know, he can definitely work that. It's going to be great if they do that. Um, that might be the call or they're going to have to figure out a way to, I guess they're going to cool off on Brian and do something else. Like they're going to have to make these big decisions with these top guys. They're going to have to decide if Adam Cole remains undefeated or not. We didn't talk about Adam Cole. We're not going to Uh, talk about Adam Cole. Um, we talked about, we talked, we talked about his better half. We did. We did. Somehow. Um, Yeah. It's crazy. (laughs) He saw that coming. It's crazy. but I, 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 I think we did in 2015. Who could say these are those big decisions that they're going to have to make soon. And I think that's interesting. I think it's going to be interesting to watch. So I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what I'd do. I mean, I know what I'd do. I'd put the belt on Brian, let him hold it forever. Um, literally forever. But that's just me. You know, who could really use the triple a, the triple a on they got something unknown. Shit. <laughs> It's, Dan, it's it's Brian Danielson. You think Brian? You want Brian Danielson to wrestle? I kind of. Um, I just the Kingo. Sure, why not? Sure, why not? Like, what the fuck? I don't fucking know, dude. Like it's the, they. This is like with the tag division. You know what they could really benefit from? Actually, just Triple A doesn't give a shit about having tag titles around. Just let just let them have it for a well, while. Okay, that's give a whole it to give it to the fuck. We're not talking about the tag division. It's it, you know, it sucks. Do- it's boring. I there's nothing to like there's really nothing to say there. It's just, like that 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 shit's dead in the water until the bucks are gone. I think it 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 beginning it, it begins and ends with the bucks and the lucha bros have to get out of there. And probably luchasaurus. Ah. Uh, you know. Luchasaurus seems Lucha, luchasaurus and jungle boys seem like they're doing fine they although are. But, he's definitely put um, lucha, put, holding put, back jungle boy from developing into somebody. But. Jungle boy and Christian is the money tag team. Get rid of, no, get you're rid of Luchasaurus. Um, Christian, Luchasaurus. Christian is his dad. It's great. It's would, good. It, they're a good duo. We, we, his new dad. We, we, we just, we his just ugly need the hard, dad. Oh, no. <laughs> we just need R. the R. hardcore Luke title for Luchasaurus. All yeah, right. You've, yeah. All right. Well, Siobhan's been fantasy booking the hardcore title for AEW. I have just been saying it. She's got that. Uh, you, you know when I'm fantasy booking. It's a you twenty. Know. You got a 23-6 rule. That between okay, the but... Hour, Luther yeah, no. versus Luchasaurus is kind of That's a dream something. match. That's the dream that match. It, oh, man, we could finally get Kip Sabian over at doing something other than, like, inexplicably charming us by wearing a box over his head to yeah. disguise himself for a run-in. Like, yeah. maybe maybe that is what we need right now. There's plenty to work with at the top and the bottom of the AEW roster. Um, I... I Siobhan, I know you're not uh, all of a sudden a super fan, but you enjoyed what they had to offer in this little smatter. I'm I'm hopeful. I'm fucking hopeful. That's 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 always big for me. And you know, you know, <laughs> sure. here's and let's just put it this way. I want to circle back to what this is, which is uh, which is AEW bringing it back a little bit with the color, with the with just the sense of things being a bit more of a fight. Yeah. 
you know, and I, and you know what match we need. What's that? It's a match that that man has been asking for for four years now. Five. Oh, you know right now. It's Cody Rhodes versus Matt Tremont because mm. Matt Tremont's <laughs> got another chapter or two to write in that book. God, he's got a couple more chapters. It's still wrong. Just a couple more chapters. Well, you booked that for the you booked that for the for this the baseball field. Does Cody do explosions? Oh, yeah. oh, oh. He would love to. You yeah. know it. I'm sure he would. I'm sure he would. That that bleached hair would go up. The peroxide in that hair would just it would just go up in flames. Um. All right. Well, I'm glad that you did this, Siobhan. I'm glad that you. I'm glad that we did this. I was saying to Misha yesterday that I think it's it, we we've never given our stamp on. AEW hardly at all, and now I'm an active watcher every week. For the most part, I missed a rampage a couple weeks ago, but I've you know I'm 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 in I'm in it. I'm watching it and I'm enjoying it, and I want people to enjoy it, even though it sucks about fifty percent of the time. Um, I WWE is sucking ninety percent of the time right now. Yeah, Probably, that might be generous. If not more. Too, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So I I guess I'm I'm just excited to share this with you, Siobhan and Misha. Thank you for. Uh, making her do this <laughs> this has been a pleasure and honestly the matches themselves being entirely worth the experience has uh really just been icing on the cake frankly cool i forget yeah, i forgot you didn't you hadn't seen any of these either that's so crazy oh the, i i literally i literally uh was going in blind in order to uh to force her to maintain some positive enthusiasm because nice. of the the multiple years of her shitting on this not only just on Twitter, I hear so much of her <laughs> that nobody on the internet hears. And I I love her. She's my roommate. She's practically my little sister. But it's also like there is a certain point where I do not want to hear another word about Shingo Takagi. And it's like I would just rather her like put all that energy out into being critical about wrestling rather than just like having to hear about it. Uh, randomly at three o'clock when I'm trying to, you know, fill out applications for jobs. Like all of a sudden, you can't believe what Holzerman said. I do not care right now. See, I so- haven't brought up Holzerman unprompted <laughs> in months because you burst into my room talking to me about Holzerman tweets to wake me up from sleep on a Sunday morning. It was 10.42 a.m. I was having some of Sounds the like best time to get I up. ever had. Sounds like it was time and to get up. It was, it, Sounds it, like you're missing church, Misha. I'm Jewish. Remember this. But also, like, <laughs> I don't want to Still. be woken up and be alarmed. But she came in, and I'm, like, thinking, oh, fuck, is, like, the building on fire? Is, like, did something happen to Sally finally? And it's just like, <laughs> you're not going to believe it. This fucking Holzerman, and I'm just like, get the fuck out. out. (laughs) Well, I guess I'd say to you now that I think part of the whole idea of this show is so that her and I can have this bi-monthly release of energy so that we don't do things like that. But unfortunately, we have not stuck to our bi-monthly schedule. So I'm going to take partial responsibility for leaving her with that energy. (laughs) Because part of our relationship dictates that we both let each other uh, release that on each other on this show. Listen, mutual therapy. Listen, Lord knows, Siobhan knows how many of the insane takes I have that don't even make it to the TL. So it's like, it goes around all over. Yeah. Um, Anything to plug you want to do? 
Oh, um, well, in my case, um, so uh, earlier in the year, I started writing with uh, friends, and we started a small uh, music uh, newsletter that's soon to become a bigger site called SoundRot. It went through a couple of name changes, but um, I contributed two articles early on, one about uh, Chavez's uh, When Are We Going to Make a Living, and another about Zero, uh, no, Trey, The Truth's Swang which are both like records I really love. And we've got a ton of great writing on subjects as disparate as I think somebody did one on uh Sweet the glam rock band not too long ago. We've got people cool. doing like long form pieces on the heliocentrics. If you like any kind of music, we've got something for you. And we're also looking for contributors for and I know like X amount of people who listen to this podcast are also writers. So if you want to write about something other than wrestling and you got like the hot system of a downtake nobody's heard of <laughs> that you actually want to turn into a thing, like just um, hit me up at the email dth.misha at gmail.com and I'll try to set you up. And uh, also, again, uh, I believe it's uh, soundrot at substack.com or just follow us on Twitter. Uh, I'll find the links. The links will all be in there. Yeah. It'll be yeah, it, we're we're it's a very uh, DIY thing. It's still finding its footing, but we're trying really hard to uh, get it going and just have a better place because it's like watching like eighteen-year-olds talk about pitchfork scores in twenty twenty-one is the most depressing shit. I just want something better for people now that the internet is just getting more and more. <laughs> well there's yeah there's nothing you could do about pitchfork existing and still being that but the best you can do is try right. to steer people's eyes away from it you know that's like just really like, the best you can do just give people an, an alternative we can't destroy pitchfork see. sadly misha no, I, you say well you i'm sure you'd bring up halsey and say she was right that they should, oh, should uh, uh, hashtag halsey yeah, was right uh, Halsey, uh, the uh, pop singer, she uh, asked if um, someone could just blow up the building the Pitchfork works in, not realizing that that is uh, currently the building that uh, is in the uh, area where the former World Trade Center was. So, um, <laughs> but that being said, she's still right. I believe that uh, a fatwa should be instigated on um, all the people working at Pitchfork. Mm. Uh, respect the Pitchfork union, but also destroy uh Condé Nast and all that uh horrendous stuff and like support writers directly just PayPal people to write rants about whatever the <laughs> fuck they care about so nobody has to talk about Phoebe Bridgers ever again and we can keep we can this shit this, like guys. off the books maybe tax free if we can you know see if we can switch it up a little bit you nothing has to be sponsored yeah. by uh Bud Light uh, diet forms that taste like cotton candy. Oh, I like you know, that seltzer, though. I've, you never have to deal with, like, weirdo rapist PR guys getting outed seven years ago and then watching every writer you know on Twitter just be like, we never knew this was happening. This this is the darkest day of our lives. We need to do better as a society. This is the evil that has invaded all of us. And then in a year, everybody gets replaced by a 21-year-old who wants to tell you how Ben Staples is the greatest rapper who ever lived. <laughs> and that is, guy got rehired also. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, pretty much. Yeah. It's, yeah. So, again, uh, Soundrot, uh, that's upset. I think that's um, a good pitch. I think that's a great pitch for, for 
for what you <laughs> what you're doing and why I, and why it it should be uh, valued against yeah, things like Lord, Pitchfork Lord, or Lord knows or we also need this in wrestling, but uh, yeah. until enough people with level heads and um, a lot less contempt for humanity start uh, trying to tackle the Meltzers and the uh, Fightful.coms of the world. No offense to Sean Ross Sapp. You know, a true a true oh. journalist. No, no offense to uh, you know Bix, who has done uh, the Bix profile on the game from like two years ago. Uh, very good. You know, James E. Snowden has done good things. It's just also I bought a book. We deserve. Hits. We yeah, we just deserve as much as we can. That's better in order to make everything better in anything in art. And so, like you know, AEW to bring it all full circle. Doing that a slight bit for wrestling, it's not the end-all be-all, but it's nice to believe that maybe everyone else can do a lot fucking better so we don't have to settle for some of the stuff we settled for in the last five years. There should always be alternatives. There should always be people, you know, with different voices, some, sometimes saying the same exact things, you know? That's like, that's the thing. Sometimes it's just, this, yeah, AEW is TV wrestling. It's extremely yeah. different while also being the same, you know? Um, well, thank you, Misha. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving to both of you. Thanks. Happy Thanksgiving to you given. and Sam. Um, I guess rate, review, subscribe. Go and buy the shirts and the pins, <laughs> the Super Porky pin. Um, and I think there's other pins up now. I'm not sure yet. Um, and... Tell your friends. Tell your tell your family, I guess. If you're at home with your family. Put on the pod. I think a great one would be um what's a good what's a good episode for for playing for the family, Siobhan? Oh, uh Destroyer. Here. Destroyer episode. That's a nice wholesome one, yeah. Throw on episode oh, no. eight. Oh, go ahead. Legitimately, I think one of your top five moments is when you introduce the uh, Destroyer episode and you say, this is a podcast about making you throw up, but tonight we're going to make you cry. Like, that's legitimately... <laughs> Don't even remember that. <laughs> it's, it, it, that's only better. That, like, that was such an off-the-cuff moment. Is so beautiful. And so that's legitimately one of the top three or five lines I've ever heard you say on that podcast. Oh. I think about it like once a month. Man, I should go back and listen to that. That might be a good episode. I, I always worry about those early ones, if they're any good. No, no. Um, like, you guys are my favorite wrestling podcast going on right now. And I'm not just saying that because I've got this mongrel to take care of. Sure. Like, it's a good show, though. I'm I'm proud of this show. I love I love doing it. Uh, I wish we could do it more. But if we did it more, we couldn't do three three hours and 20 minutes. Um, this show is less of a, of a, like a scheduled podcast release thing and more of just a couple people who need to puke. Who need to just yeah. puke on the air for a couple hours, and that's what we get each other. And uh, it's nothing more, nothing says Thanksgiving more than puking for a couple hours, right? Oh God, no! Uh, and um, I don't know when the next thing I have for Segunda Kaeda is going to be up. Oh yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, blog. Right. I'm a blogger now, man. It's Siobhan, fucking, I'm Cork and Hall, man. SegundaKaeda.blogspot.com. She's in Cork and Hall, man. Um. Check that out. Last Wednesday, the uh, the write up of of a match that we covered, I think, would be interesting. Read her bit and then go back and listen to us talk about it on that part two of I don't know the fucking 
You know better than me, Siobhan. Uh, <laughs> Whatever part episode two that was. Is going to, so 20, episode twenty eight or something. No, no, the, the oh, no, 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 yeah. Part yeah, two was, of the, the Lucha Apuestas uh decade show that we did. And yeah. so you wrote up that one of those the Ruleta de la Muerte with the Chilonga mask and Coacalco. Um and I think it's you know, it always comes back to Coacalco, doesn't it? Oh, uh, it does. And uh, the next match uh the next whatever it is that is up is gonna be uh uh, Wotan versus Ultimo Demonio versus Defunto versus Masada. Masada, which is a match I didn't Parlin know about. Beast, uh, from the uh, Chalanga Mask anniversary show the year after. Yeah. So, uh, readers of uh, Segunda Caeda, um, if you didn't notice, if you haven't been on there in a week, um, she's up there with SLL and, uh, and uh, what was his name? Lee Banaka. Lee Banaka? They got to put, put your name up on the side. I'm going to demand that they do that and that they remove Lee Banaka. <laughs> Lee or, Ban- get the or, hell out of here, Lee I'm Banaka. Gonna, or we're going to riot. Uh, thank you for listening. Happy Thanksgiving. Death to America. Um, death to America. Death to fucking America. Misha? Death to America. The great fucking, fucking country, country that, that it is. It is. <laughs> uh, all right. Thank you, guys. Have a good, have a good evening. And... Um, I gotta go to the store. I gotta go to Walmart. I'm, yeah, I'm, take, I gotta, I'm a half hour again. behind, but it's gonna be fine. It's gonna be great. All right, cool, cool. Love you both. Have a good night. Thanks so much. Bye.